Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. I am back home in Phoenix, sadly. But I did have a fun, I did have a, a very fun time in Las Vegas. Um, first of all, it was like a spontaneous type of thing. So it was just like, you know, we were sitting around and um, then I was just like, okay, well, let's just go to Vegas. <laughs> so we booked a room, drove to Las Vegas. Um, it made it made a weekend of it out there. So um, kind of came at a perfect time because today I'm sad. My daughter's returned back to physical school. So, uh, yeah, since they since, you know, they live out of the district that their school was in, um, their school was kind enough to be like they have a program where um, a van will come pick them up, bring them to school, and then a van will be dropping them off back home. So since their school bus does not come into our neighborhood because we're not technically in their school district for them to stay for the remainder of the year, or even if they want to stay at that school next year, um, they'll, they'll be chauffeured by a van. So, you know, uh, today they were, they were excited last night, this morning when I woke them up for school, the, the funniest thing my daughter said to me, she was just like, Oh, well, I didn't expect the mornings to be like this. I'm like, yeah, it's back to that grind where you wake up early and you're like all tired and you're just like, I want to go back to sleep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're in school right now. And, you know, uh, hopefully they're, they're having a great day of it. Um, as it's another six hours before they come home. So, uh, the younger brother who's awake right now, my son, um, he's kind of bummed out because the sisters aren't here to hang out with him. So uh, I think he'll get used to it, though, when he realizes that he has access to the TV all to himself. He has access to the Nintendo Switch all to himself. And he has the distinct pleasure of calling what's for lunch today when I make him lunch. So I think I think he'll settle right in just fine. Uh, but anyways, on a different note, as the title implies, I'm going to talk to you guys about my experience with both Metro by T-Mobile and Visible Wireless when I was in Las Vegas. Both services I used individually at a time uh, within my Pixel 5, and I'll explain to you guys uh, what my results were and how I felt about the service that I'm getting from, from both carriers, and um, we'll go from there on that. We're also going to talk about the death of LG and just kind of pay tribute to LG Mobile. So LG TVs, they're just fine. LG electronics, such as smart refrigerators, washer dryers, those are okay by LG. But mobile phones going out the window. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, there is something I want to touch base on because one of my favorite YouTubers, Max Lee, you guys know him as High on Android, who's also Dr. E Skateboards or just Dr. E. Um, he... He said something on Twitter, and I'm hoping that he's changed his mind, but I'm going to relay this to a lot of people so they understand, you know, what we, add, you know, we creators, what we go through on, on a day-to-day. And um, so I'll talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to cover the Justice League, Zack Snyder cut, because uh, I did rewatch it. I didn't fall asleep this time. <laughs> it's a four-hour movie. I didn't fall asleep. But we'll talk a little bit more about that movie uh, to kind of close off my discussion on the Justice League, the DC Universe, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, we'll just wrap it on up. So uh, as you're coming in, feel free to make yourself known here. And uh, please, to help me out, smash the like button. 
it does help me out um if you're on youtube if you're watching this on the other platforms such as periscope which you know is set to end next week on the 31st we'll talk a little bit about that later on but let me just say this um periscope may be going away but twitter live will still be there so we'll get through all that um then if you're watching on twitch hey welcome you know just you know crazy as it is hey good morning michael how's it going man um yeah Oh, at the at the Sequest Aquarium in Vegas, yeah. Um, you know, you know what's funny about that though, because like we went in, and so, so here's the thing: like if I was to compare Sequest Aquarium in Las Vegas, Nevada, versus um, what was it Sea Life here in Phoenix, Arizona, because they're like the same type of thing, you know, an aquarium built inside of a shopping mall. Um, I would say the one here in Phoenix is a lot bigger with more attractions. But the 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 Sequest in Vegas is much more interactive. It's smaller, but it's interactive. As uh, my daughters got to pet the manta rays, and um, it was kind of funny because those manta rays act like puppies. They act like little dogs. You know, they they swim up to the top of the aquarium tank and they kind of bob their head above above the water level to get you to try to pet them. It was just, it was the darndest thing. Crazy enough as it is, but. You know, um, I appreciate you for being here. Um, so, all right. So let's, let's, uh, um, oh yeah, by the way, last thing too, is it, there'll be a little bit of a rant about mobile phones and I'll get into that a little bit later, but let's start off with the first piece of news. Uh, we're going to kind of go with the death of, uh, of LG. Okay. We'll kind of lead off with that. Then I'll get into my Metro by uh, Metro versus visible, but, um, LG mobile, their mobile division, they're canceling their mobile division. Why are they canceling their mobile division? Well, it's quite obvious is that they're not making sales. Anytime that a major tech company such as LG is to cancel a specific division, it's because it's not profitable anymore. And, um, a lot of people will say to the point that, well, LG dug their own grave and, in right, I would have to agree with a lot of people who say that because LG hasn't really been competitive for a long time. Sure, they've had their little moments, you know, like, you know, the V series and what it was able to do, you know, with the uh, the LG chicken wing, you know, but the LG wing, um, trying to be a little bit innovative there. Um, you know, the, LG has really went from one direction to another and literally has, you know, on the competitive side, become very passive. See, um, LG used to contend on the level, right? And to prove my point about that, when was the last time that a G series dropped from LG? And a lot of you guys probably even forgot that they had a G series. Um, the G series was LG's flagship for a time. I mean, there there may be have there may have been so many different marketable things that they could have done um, to literally try to combat this. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's a uh, you're getting it. Come here, hold on, one sec. Mm, skip for now. There you go. You're all good. Close my door, son. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so you know the G series was was uh, was LG's flagship, 
that kind of just like went away. Everything innovative LG does, they end up abandoning it. I mean, that is that is part of that is part of the reason why. And again, not very not being very competitive, right? When you don't have faith in your own product, why should anybody else have faith in it? You know, um, they they tried many different things. They they really have, you know. And, and I'm not just talking about the LG wing, but you guys remember what was it? Uh, see, I can't even I can't remember because it wasn't something that was very memorable about LG. But it was, I think it was the G8. Did they have a G8? I think it was a G8. The LG G8, where they had the the hand gestures. This was right around the time that the, the the Pixel 4 and Project Soli was coming, you know, hand gestures and everything like that. Like LG tried to step their game up with it by allowing you to control your phone, but it was only rocker motions. It wasn't you couldn't do a whole lot of things. And then it also it had a it had a biometric security where it could actually like read your like you know inside of your hand, your palm, like inside of it to unlock. And that really didn't catch on. It didn't take off. However, but it was it was really cool, though. I mean, because the pattern that it read, you know, was only identical to a single person. Right. So it was going beyond the fingerprint and using your entire hand. But I think it was like the the, the, the blood, the blood vessels or something like that. I, I, I totally forget. Um, but LG has tried. They had tried the G5. Remember, everyone remembers the, the G5. I think it was G5. Yeah. Uh, everyone remembers that one trying to go modular. Uh, which, you know, didn't work out all too well. Their engineering and build of their device was just flawed. Um, and a lot of people really kind of like picked on them for that, you know. So seeing that, you know, LG is just going out the window, the veins. Yeah, there you go. The veins. That's what, you know, of course, not everyone has the same vein pattern in their hand, you know, but LG tried, you know, just like even right now with with, with, the, chi- with the chicken wing and the LG velvet, you know, and, and trying to bring, you know, dual display without flexible display. So having those cases with a secondary screen, there were a lot of things that LG has tried. But the reason that people don't bite is the same reason when you don't back your product and people can see that, then anything that you release down the road won't won't catch to a lot of people because the impression you gave off was, I don't think my product is that good. So then everyone else is going to still believe your product is probably not that good. Even if you try to come back with the force and be like, we're back to change the game. We're under, you know, uh, a new president of the company and he's going to take us, you know, in, 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 into the future with all these fantastic ideas. People are not going to jump right away. Maybe diehard LG fans will. The rest of the tech community, the rest of the consumers are not going to jump right away they're going to want to actually see it because actions speak louder than words in our community you can talk all you want but if there's no action nothing's happening so you know it's 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 sad to see lg kind of go away because that takes away from options that we have you know there are people that are talking about well everyone else is going to samsung or going to apple you know everybody's uh concerned about you know the over a thousand dollar price tag and I, you know, I will always say this to everybody out there: if you're concerned about, you know, flagships being over a thousand dollars, then stop caving in to these companies. You know, everybody can protest these, uh, you know, over a thousand dollar prices on these phones, and you don't have to protest. I don't mean protest by, you know, like taking a, you know, poster board and some stuff and drawing and standing outside. No, I don't mean that. I don't mean going out and destroying your city or anything like that. What I mean is, is that if 
Well, let's say Samsung releases the Galaxy um, S22 and uh, the starting base model price on that thing is $1,200 and you don't want to spend $1,200 on a phone. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Simple as that. Don't pay for it. Don't buy it. When you don't buy it, that's how you protest in the tech community because dollars is where it really matters. And if your money is not going to the company, and then they're going to want the feedback. They're going to want to know why isn't everybody buying the S22 at $1,200 starting? Why? And when the, the, you know, the full consensus of it is that people are looking at the price and they're saying it's a turnoff. That's the reason why is I'm not going to spend $1,200 on your base model and $1,700 on your most premium model. Then they're going to understand that, okay, we price these things too high. So let's figure out what we can do to bring a more attractive price and bring it down some, of course, without trying to sacrifice too much. But literally at the same time, too, people also got to think with, you know, for themselves that, you know, a lot of these things are gimmicky stuff that they're basically, bet, you know, putting dollars on. And so, you know, you strip all that, that, that gimmicky bullshit away and there you have the phone itself. And what does the phone actually value for? 700 bucks, 600 bucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's really where it's at. Um, <laughs> sounds like BlackBerry 10 OS, Windows Mobile OS. Uh, they do not want to take on the, the big boys, Apple, Android, for the long run. I mean, yeah, but, you know, it, again, it's kind of LG's fault because they they, they actually, you know, were, were too passive. They weren't aggressively marketing. Um, exactly. Zero product marketing didn't help them either. Exactly. Yes, entirely. Your phone purchase price should not be equal to a down payment on your car. Yeah, but we've been letting them get by with that for the longest time. That that's That's the thing about it is that. Even if someone like me was to go and talk to everybody and say, hey, you know, it's kind of ridiculous that you're going to pay $1,500 for a phone. And while some people may agree and say, I'm not going to buy that phone for $1,500, then you still have those people that buy that phone. And, you know, when they buy the phone, it's for, you know, it's for status, which I'll get into a rant about that later. It's for status. So uh, with that being said, you know, the latest LG Stylo, (laughs) You know, if you were interested in buying one to own one, now buy one for a nostalgic reason because uh, LG's mobile division just went down. It just went down. Everybody else is making their tech videos and reminiscing of the days of LG. And you know what? That's cool. For me, if someone was to ask me, like, what was my favorite time of the LG mobile timeline? I would say the Optimus series. I really, really like the Optimus series, of course. Budget mid-range devices from LG were actually pretty solid. Uh, the LG uh, Optimus Slide was probably one of my favorite phones, you know, uh, 3.2 inch touch display, but then you had a slide out QWERTY keyboard and it thing looked badass and it was on Virgin Mobile. Um, but that was probably one of my favorite um, LG devices. And then, of course, the LG G Stylo, when that hit the market and I got one, shit, I thought I was I thought I was bossing with that, you know pull out the stylus and everything like that because of course I wasn't going to spend seven to eight hundred dollars on the Galaxy Note. Uh, I spent like $200 on the LG G Stylo. And the phone was solid, of course, but there were people that was always like raiding on my parade because at the time my service provider was Boost Mobile and Boost Mobile had the eight gigabyte, you know, one gigabyte of RAM and Metro had the 16 gigabyte model with two gigs of RAM. So everyone's always just shitting on my Stylo. Like, yeah, yours sucks, man. You only have this much storage, you know, but I mean, uh, you know, back then I was always modifying phones. Like I rooted the LG G Stylo. I did some quirks to it, being able to use a link to SD and then putting everything on my SD card because I formatted my SD card as part of the internal storage and all that stuff. I have videos on that. (laughs) What up, Blaze? Good morning. So, I mean, yeah, I have to say, 
to LG. It was nice knowing you. Thank you so much for bringing us some good phones from back in the day. You know, the, the V series phones were pretty nice. Uh, the stylo series I really liked and the Optimus was my favorite budget line from LG. So we bid LG farewell. Thank you so much for all the good stuff you brought us. Thank you for the last couple of things you brought us. Like the LG velvet was actually pretty solid and the LG wing was unique. Anyone that has an LG wing, let me ask you guys a question. You can be brave and answer this, but do you ever play around with your LG wing and pretend you're one of the Ghostbusters that's doing like, like a, you know, like, like an ectoplasma reading? <laughs> I would. If I had an LG wing, I shit you not, just for the hell of it, I would pretend that I'm like Egon, you know, doing a scan on some, on some ectoplasma that we found, you know, <laughs> just, I mean, why not? Shit, if they had a phone that like, you know, morphed like, um, like sort of omens, I'd be I'd be playing Thundercats all day, but that's for a different time. Um, all right, so let's kind of shift tracks here. Let's go to Metro versus Visible Wireless. Now, this is just my findings. Let me just clarify this. This is just my findings. First of all, I was using the Pixel Five for both for both lines, right? So I swapped out SIM cards to be able to use uh, the phones and test it out when I was in Las Vegas this weekend, and. Um, so that's the key things that you guys got to take into mind here, okay? One, it was a Pixel 5. So we know the Pixel 5 has the Snapdragon X52 modem instead of the X55. So, of course, it's going to yield different results as its connectivity to the 5G networks from these respective carriers, right? So we have Metro by T-Mobile that is using T-Mobile's network, obviously, since their name is in the name. You know, it's not enough that they they own Metro PCS. They had to throw their name in there. Just, you know, I guess the company's being a little bit insecure there. At least that's the way I feel when I hear the name. I don't know why they had to change it to that. But then and then you also have Visible, which, you know, since it doesn't make sense to just call it Visible, everyone knows it as Visible Wireless. It is an MBNO owned by Verizon Wireless. Okay, so these are prepaids. They don't have a high QCI level within the company. Therefore, they're not going to have the the priority over postpaid. And I wanted to see um, what, what, what types of speed tests I would get because, you know, a good friend of mine, Carlos, you know, obviously he does speed testing around there. And I watch a lot of his speed test videos where he's just like, you know, driving around and testing in different spots, uh, whether it be on YouTube or various other platforms that he's social on. And, you know, I see the speeds that he gets, but he has iPhone 12s. And so the iPhone 12s have a different type of modem in it. Um, the iPhone 12s have the X55 modem, okay? So it's going to connect, you know, in different ways. Of course, aggregation and all that stuff also plays a part in it. Now, I used the normal Ookla speed test that everyone, you know, downloads and uses, but I also use NPERF. And the reason why I use NPERF is because when you launch NPERF to do a speed test or network speed test, it will actually tell you what you're connected to. So one of my findings is, and this is something that I'll probably do a separate um, video on the second channel talking about, is that my device will say 5G on, on the top. You will have the 5G icon on the top on the Pixel 5. But is it really connected to any form of 5G? And that's why I use NPERF because NPERF will tell me if it's connected to 5G NSA, which stands for non-standalone, or if let's say standalone the standalone 5G is opened up on these phones, then it'll tell me if it's connected to 5G SA, which is standalone. 
Um, and I find it funny at times that I will have the 5G icon on the top, but NPERF will read it as 4G LTE plus A. So like advanced LTE, not even actual non-standalone 5G. So it's not connected to any of the 5G bands, yet it's reading 5G on the top, but it's still LTE. So that's the reason why I use NPERF. And then I use Ookla just to show people that on Twitter and stuff like that, like what speeds I got on Ookla. But I'll tell you guys if it's actual 5G or not, just because NPERF gives me the reading. So it's actually kind of funny because Visible, as we know, now offers, you know, has been offering 5G, was exclusive to the iPhone 12s. Then it became available for the Galaxy S20s. Now it's available for the Galaxy S21s, for the Pixel 5, for the Pixel 4a 5G. And... My findings is when I was in Vegas, you know, it was a hit or miss with Visible because Visible has that 200 megabit per second cap on the download. The upload is uncapped. So the uplink is going to be fine. Um, if you're going to live stream on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you'll be okay. Uh, the download speeds is capped at 200 megabits per second, which is what I get LTE anyways. So what's the what, what was the reason of putting my visible SIM and my Pixel 5 to have 5G access when it's yielding download speeds very similar to LTE? Might as well just keep it in a basic phone like my Pixel 4, which is what it's currently in right now. Um, Metro by T-Mobile. I will say this. When people say that, okay, you know what? We, we're saying that T-Mobile fudges those speed tests you got to kind of give merit there because how, how is it that you could run a speed test on two different things? So again, using Ookla and using NPERF, how could I get speeds 150 megabits per second on the down in Vegas on Metro and about 40 to 50 on the uplink. And then I try to watch a video that was dropped on YouTube by Sneed and it buffers. I mean, with speeds like that, is, is a video actually going to buffer? And mind you, it's only yielding 720. That's like the highest resolution I can get it up to when live streaming off the net. Well, not live streaming, but watching a video off the network on YouTube is 720. Sometimes 720 is not even an option. Sometimes the highest it goes is 480. But there's times where I can get 720. And when I put it at 720, why is it going to buffer with 150 by 50? That doesn't make, that doesn't compute to me. You know, so then you pull up fast.com um, and you run a speed test. You know, this is another speed test uh, um, like app insight that is actually from Netflix. And this will actually tell you like what your video streaming capability would be like if you were to watch on Netflix. So that's that's what that's what it's used to gauge. And um, <laughs> when I did that, <laughs> I was like, um. So the down, it was like showing about 12, 12 megabits per second. The uplink, it was showing like an eight. And, you know, so I'm just like, okay, what is going on here? <laughs> um, actually, Michael, 4G LTE is not superior, okay? Um, if you're saying that it is more accessible, yeah, it's accessible because LTE has been built out for years now, you know? You got to think... Um, around the time when, when 4G LTE started to appear on the market was like, what, back in 2011, uh, 2010, 2011, 2012? It was starting to appear in the market, and it wasn't everywhere. And everyone was saying that 3G was superior to 4G LTE. 
Um, superior, being superior doesn't mean being available nationwide. That's not the only way you can gauge that, but you also have to gauge on the deliverance of data. And that's the other thing to take into factor. Now, it's not no, it's not a secret that Verizon's millimeter wave and its ultra wideband is, is hella damn fast. And it really is. I mean, you can really um, experience super fast data off of that. Now, it's not available everywhere when it is. And that will happen. You know, these things don't come at a snap of a finger. These companies got to roll them out. But when it does and it happens, it is going to be insane. And even just, you know, right now, when you think about it, like what, what's neat is testing out in, in Cleveland, CBRS and everything like that. When you look at the stuff that he's showing us, it's kind of crazy and insane just to see, you know, like how this is affecting everything else. And even LTE is getting better because of the advancements in 5G. So it's not only just 5G that they're focused on, but they're focused on the network getting better as well. So when you're looking at LTE on Verizon, right, most people were probably yielding 200 megabits on the down or now seeing speeds like 500 or 600 megabits per second on the download. And that's just on LTE with Verizon. That's not even touching 5G a millimeter wave. But that goes to show you like the, the advanced steps that these networks are pushing towards. And they all have the, 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 the end goal for all of them is all the same. It is all to get to that point where you're going to have some real badass fast speeds. You know, it's just um, Verizon decided to start this way. They focus more on millimeter wave, ultra wideband, and then they're working their way down to sub six, getting sub six available where millimeter wave would not be available. And you got T-Mobile that's on the other end of the stick and they focus on sub six. They focus on low band 5G and they're working their way towards it. Like everyone that used to like back T-Mobile and say like low band 5G is 5G. It, it completely, you know, destroys millimeter wave. I don't know why anyone would say that. I'm just saying that there, there are some people that had thought that way. You, you look, T-Mobile is actually working on their millimeter wave. T-Mobile has millimeter wave, if you didn't know. But um, it's how the company, it's how the company builds it out. It's how, it's, it's the engineers that they hire that play a factor on how it gets built out and how it's delivered. And uh, we'll see that in time. Let me get to these uh, comments here. Um, okay. Were you laughing because of the Thundercat reference? Cause I, I remember that's when this comment popped up. It was because of the, the, the Ghostbusters and Thundercats um, reference there. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's no comparison. Met, uh, Metro is T-Mobile. Ver- visible is Verizon. Uh, actually, yeah, there is sort of. My comparisons is from what other people are showing on on YouTube versus what I what I got when I was there, and I was kind of disappointed in both of them. <laughs> for you, oh yeah, we already talked about, about that. Uh, good news for Comcast Internet Essential customers: internet speeds will be changed to 50 up, five down. LTE phones can be bought on on small budgets, and LTE networks are nationwide. That's what makes superior LTE superior, um, but it actually no, it doesn't. That that alone is not enough to say that it's superior because you can have, you know, budget phones that connect to LTE, and LTE could be available from east to west, north to south, you know. But if your LTE is delivering you zero point nine megabits per second on a down and zero point one megabits per second on the up. Because there is still places where LTE is like very, very weak. I drove through some of them. Like I drove through Wickenburg, Arizona, and <laughs> speeds on, on AT&T was like one megabit per second down and like less less than a megabit on the up. You know, visible was like 
barely there. Actually, it disconnected because I'm sure that they, they don't have 3G access on Visible, so there's nothing to fall back on if LTE is not available. And uh, Metro was on was back down to LTE, and it was horrible. So, um, yeah, superiority goes in, in three things: availability, speeds, and consistency. That's how I gauge it if it was superior or not. Um, it's got to be consistent, which kind of like, you know, goes hand in hand with availability. And then, of course, the speeds that you're getting, the deliverance of what you're getting. Are you getting peak, you know, peak performance at a peak time, right? Those are the things I gauge it on. But that's just me. Like I said, this is that, that part is subjective. Now, for you, LTE is superior. LTE is superior. Now, I'm not telling you that you're wrong. I'm just telling you that this is how I gauge it and how I see it. So it's a, it's a subjective thing. But anyways, um, Metro and Visible really, really, really kind of kind of disappointed me. You know, in a place such as Las Vegas, where there's a lot of people that come there to travel for spring break or they just travel just to just to go see the place. Because, I mean, come on now, like the, the Vegas Boulevard is is, you know, very, very full of attractions. You know, one of my favorite places to really just kind of like stop and stare is New York, New York and uh, on the Vegas Boulevard strip. You know, I mean, because the way that they built the hotel out, you know, to 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 image the skyscrapers of New York is just um, it's beautiful. And then you get the Statue of Liberty right next to it. Pretty awesome. And then, of course, you got the New York, New York roller coaster. If you want to ride the roller coaster and you ride it and goes to the hotel and everything. I mean, that's that's fun. Um, Really fun to look at. I mean, then of course, there's other stuff, you know, the Cosmopolitan Building and MGM Grand, the Luxor, um, you know, affordability. Affordability for the LTE network, because like an LTE phone wouldn't really fall in that that bracket. Which hotel did I stay at? The hotel that I the, the the hotel I was able to book because actually there was a lot of hotels booked out, and I'm not gonna spend seven hundred dollars a night. Um, so I ended up going to one called it's like OYO, which is um nearby, it's right across from the MGM Grand. Uh, the OYO Casino and Hotel. I stayed there for two nights. Um, and then, yeah, we went venturing around. I tell you that the hotel is very funny. Side side story. And I posted it on Instagram. But uh, me and my lady, we decided because, you know, the kids were knocked out. The kids were tired from walking. <laughs> so when we got back to the hotel... After we got some dinner and stuff, we got back to the hotel about like eight o'clock. My kids crashed out. They went to bed. They were just knocked out. So, okay. So me and my lady were like, okay, you know, let's go downstairs and just have a drink. And so we went downstairs to the bar. Um, oh, so I'll also tell you another side story about, about Hooters and and the dickhead that, that was like the, the maitre d' at, at Hooters, that jackass. I'll get into that a little bit. But anyway, so we went to the bar to have a drink. Uh, first drink we had was just a basic drink, you know, Bacardi and Cran. And, um, but the guy inside there, he was all like, because I vape. And he was all like, you can't vape inside here, you know? But like inside, and like on the on the casino floor in the hotel, you can smoke cigarettes, you can vape. So uh, we took our drinks, we sat down, you know, we're just listening to music. We're just having a conversation, just relaxing, you know, me and her just talking. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to ask him, you know, if it's okay that like I vape like right there by the entrance. And and it's it's not a closed off bar from the floor. So I mean, if someone was smoking walking by, the smell would flow into the into the the seating the seating area around the bar. So I go to <laughs> go to the bartender. I'm like, you know, just just to, you know, just to let me know because I told him it was the first time that I've stayed at this hotel. But 
uh, where's a safe zone for me to vape at? So then he tells me, he's like, well, you can't vape inside the bar area where, where the, where the tables and chairs are. He's like, but if you see on the little, the little small fencing, the tables that are there, it's okay for you to vape or smoke there or on the opposite, on the other side of the fencing. He's like, I know it's weird because it's all going to come inside the bar anyways. He's like, but that's the, you know, hotel policy. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we switched our seatings from sitting um, in, in, the, in the middle area of the bar to moving to the outside perimeter area, sat there and had a few drinks. So I had a couple of, uh, bar, of um, Bacardi and Cran. And then uh, we ended up getting, I got a watermelon Grey Goose Martini. She had, uh, I think she got the strawberry and, and lemongrass uh, Grey Goose Martini. Then we were like, okay, you know what? Um, we're kind of relaxed. We're having fun. So um, she was like, I want you to do a shot of Patron with me. And like the reason why she wanted me to is because I don't drink. I don't drink like every weekend or every night or anything like that. It's very rare that I that I drink recreationally like that. So because I know that she's always wanted to just, you know, you know, hang out with me and have a drink and and chat at the bar because I don't like going to clubs. I'm boring like that. Um, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to give her what she wants, but at least once, you know? So <laughs> we went, we had those drinks. So she's like, okay, I want to do a shot of Patron. I'm like, all right, let's do a shot. I'll do a shot with you. And she just kind of looked at me in shock. And I'm like, you wanted this. Like you wanted to just hang out with me and have a few drinks. You're getting it now. So just relish in that moment that I'm agreeing to have a drink with you. And so we got our shot of Patron. And that's when they gave us the martinis also. That's when we ordered the martinis. And, um, yeah, I decided to record it. So I told her, look, you know, I told her, like, you know that saying where people tell you take a picture it'll last longer? She's like, yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a video that lasts even longer. And um, took a short video, taking a shot. And um, yeah, so she she had her fun. But that's where I stayed at. I stayed at the OYO or OYO, whatever, however it's pronounced or whatever. Um, on, uh, I think it's Tropicana is where it, this is the, the road that it was on. Um, Tropicana and the Las Vegas Boulevard, not far from there. Uh, but that was fun. Let's see. That's a bad risk. Uh, you're on vacation in a strange area and you feel safe enough to leave your children sleeping without an adult present. Um, their teenage brother was up there with them, bro. So they like my three little kids weren't in the, weren't in the room by themselves. Their 16 year old brother was in there with them. Now I'm not that kind of parent that's going to go and have a drink and leave small ones in a room by themselves. And that's the thing that I tell people about assumptions. Um, don't ever assume things because then you end up looking like a fool. So no. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know, remember I shared this with everybody. I'm surprised you asked that question because I've shared how, you know, about my, my kids. I've been transparent about my family and I think I made it pretty clear that I have teenage sons. So I'm not going to take just the little ones with me and leave my teenage son at home, you know, because this was also his chance for, because he wanted to get some stuff for his girlfriend and he's got to go mail them off. So he picked out some things over there when we were out there, um, gave him some money to shop and stuff like that. And um, so he, I, I forgot what he got her, but now I got to take him to the post office, I think today or tomorrow. So he can use one of those flat shipping boxes and send it. Cause he's got a long distance relationship with his girlfriend. Um, looks like you had a good time. Love the video. Oh yeah. We went to the Sequest Aquarium. Yeah. Um, that, that was one of the things. Cause it was, it was kind of sad. Like, see, 
the only fault that I had there was like, you know, I have Carlos and I have Ray who live there. You know, they're my friends. I could have asked them, you know, what would have been like if I decided to go. But again, like I said, this was a spontaneous thing. This wasn't a planned, you know, trip to go. It was just like, you know, on Saturday, uh, my lady got off work. She came home. She's like, I'm tired. I need to get away from this place. I'm like, okay. And she's like, what if we go to Vegas? And I'm like, find a room, find a hotel, book it. And then so she found a hotel, we booked it, and we're like, okay. And then we told all our kids, you know, hey, you know, pack, you know, two like two days worth of clothes um, because we're leaving for a five-hour drive to Vegas. And so my kids got excited, and they ran, and they packed in like under 10 minutes. And then we were out the door at, uh, I want to say, about 3, 3 in the afternoon. We, we left. We got there about close to 9 o'clock the first night we were there. And so we got there, went, got dinner, went back to the hotel, and just relaxed. Uh, the full day we were there, which was day number two, um, we went, well, we ate breakfast. We walked the strip for a little bit and it was sad because my kids wanted to go to the M&M factory and, um, me not thinking straight. I was just like, okay, yeah, you know, I was thinking like how it was the last time we went to Vegas, uh, which was a year ago. And so we went with the kids and there was like a long line at the M&M factory super long line. I'm talking about people who were probably waiting like a good two hours just to get into the M&M uh, factory over there, the M&M building over there, which uh, my kids really wanted to go there. They wanted to update their t-shirts because the last time I went to Vegas, I bought them M&M t-shirts from there. So they wanted to update it because of course my kids have grown. So they wanted to get new shirts. Um, couldn't go in because you know you had to wait in line. It was a long ass line on the sidewalk. And just about every other attraction on there had a line. The Coca-Cola store had a line. The Hershey's factory had a line. It was just like, oh man, now how how today has been so impacted by things. And I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, okay, well, how am I gonna make it up to them? So I seen that they had like an aquarium. And I was like, told my kids, like, hey, you guys want to go to the aquarium? And they they love aquatic animals. Um, so yeah, we went, we went to the aquarium, the Sequest aquarium, and it made up for that because, um, my oldest daughter, she can't stop talking about how she got to pet a manta ray because in the really big tank, the manta rays will come up to you and they'll like bob their head above water so you can pet them. Uh, my youngest daughter, she accidentally stuck her hand in the manta ray's mouth and she said it felt weird. And then she was the only one that actually like really pet the manta ray. Like she stuck her hand in the water and pet the back of it. Whereas my oldest daughter kind of just touched him on the head. Uh, my lady touched him on the head. My son touched him on the head. Like they were all kind of freaked out by the way it looked. My youngest daughter was the only one who stuck her hand in the water and pet it. And then she tried to pet a shark. And I was like, the shark, I'm not, no, you're not going to pet the shark. <laughs> Cause <laughs> after, you know, the manta rays, they'll come to you and they'll bob their head above the water. The sharks won't really bob their head above water but again, they're sharks, right? Their behavior patterns is not, you know, foolproof, you know? So I'm like looking at her. She's like, I want to pet a shark. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so we moved on. They got to see a bunch of things. But yeah, I, I, I took a lot of small clips from when we were inside Sequest. And then I put it together as a vlog on the channel. Just for everyone to experience what my kids were experiencing and stuff like that. It's really cool. If you ever go to Vegas, check out Sequest Aquarium. I mean, it's not really big. Like I, like I said in the beginning of this live stream, we have an aquarium at our mall over here in uh, Tempe, Arizona. It's called the Sea Life Aquarium. And that's actually bigger than the one in Vegas. But the one in Vegas, the animals are more like you can pet the animals. It's actually pretty cool. So it was a great time out there. 
Um, of course, the Hoover Dam, we went to go see that. And um, yeah, the, the kids were more excited at the fact of just like getting away, you know, because they got a whole year really being at home. I mean, I try to take them out, go to the parks and stuff like that. But, you know, for like some semblance, you know, what we used to do before, because I mean, that was the whole point of it, you know, too, was like it was a spontaneous thing just to catch them off guard. Just be like, hey, you know, let's go somewhere. <laughs> uh, you have to be careful around manta rays. It was a stingray that killed Steve Irvin. Not a manta ray. It was a stingray. Uh, two different ones. I mean, they're, 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 they're similar, but they're, two, but they're different. Um, he got stung by the barb from, from the stingray, and that's what killed him, I believe, like in the, in like the, the upper chest area. Uh, manta rays don't have that barb by their tail that they can sting you with. So, but with any creature, you have to be careful with it. Just because manta rays look friendly doesn't mean that, you know, they can't hurt you, you know. But obviously, there there was a sign there that actually said that you could pet the manta rays. The stingrays, you couldn't. And they had stingrays there because there were stingrays in another tank and another giant aquarium. But I was like, let's go pet those ones. I was like, no, those are stingrays. Um, you don't want to get stung by them. Um, but yeah. You know, in, in total, but I mean, it was it was it was a fun time for them. Um, of course, I spoiled them. Um, so you know, they like my my son. Um, just because you know, like all of last year, he's been very helpful. You know, like doing his chores on time and things like that. And so uh, we found a skate shop there, and you know, he wanted a, a a brand new complete skateboard. You know, I mean, that means board, trucks, bearings, wheels. You know, all all of it, and um. So we walked in. We walked into Zoomies at the mall over there, and then I seen a complete uh, from a brand called Element. If you guys know skateboarding brands, you know Element has been around for a long time. It's pretty decent. And um, so I was just like, he was looking at him because I was like, hey, you know, because um, last time I gave him two hundred bucks, and he spent it all on, on his uh, DLCs for video games. And I kept telling him like, you know, you could have bought a brand new skateboard and so he was like oh yeah i could have he started thinking of and i started naming all the things that he could have spent his money on if he wanted to you know he kind of just like felt like like oh man i spent it all on like downloads for fortnite and stuff like that so i was like yeah you spent 200 dollars on downloads for fortnite and nintendo switch and all that like come on man so we went to the mall this time you know vegas and i was like hey look there's a complete right there and then he was staring at it but my son is humble to that to that factor that you know he won't ask for it and so I told him, I was like, do you want a new board? He's like, sure, if I can get one. I'm like, it's a simple yes or no question. Do you want a board? <laughs> uh, and he's all like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you want a complete? <laughs> so he ended up getting the the, the complete setup. Um, and it was actually at a decent price because most completes that I've seen from skate shops that sell them, they go for like 150 sometimes 160 this one was only 102. So, you know, got it for him because he deserved it for all the things that he does, you know, for being on online classes on time to, you know, um, basically doing his chores around the house without being told. So he got his skateboard and he, he got to buy a couple of gifts for his girlfriend. Um, my kids, they went bananas on, on, on everything else. You know, they got um, they wanted like T-shirts. that said they were in Vegas. They bought some plushy toys um they uh this yeah this got spoiled and then we found the comic book shop there and i shared it on twitter and stuff like that 
I ended up getting uh, two comic books. So when I was young, I had the Web of Spider-Man hologram series. I had the four different colored um, colors of the the cover. And um, I sold those a while back. And so I found one of them there. And it was a red cover one. And I was like, huh, I'm going to grab this. <laughs> so I got that. And then I was looking around some more. And I was like, oh, man, because it was a comic book shop. They had all kinds of comic books. They even had rare ones. And then um, I was looking for Spawn number one. They didn't have any. But they had Spawn number two. So I got both those comics. They're up there in my closet right now. They're sealed. I'm not ever taking them out of that plastic. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to hold on to them. And and they're in, they're in really good condition. I'm talking about the gloss on the cover is still perfect. No stress marks where the staples are. So I'm going to keep them pretty much there. So no, I, I'm not going to open and read them because I've, I've already read them. I already know what's inside them. So I don't have to read them um, to know. But I got those two back. In, I got those two. And then I got a Funko Pop um, with Silver the Hedgehog. And uh, I have that added to my Funko Pop collection. If anyone wants to see what I have, let me know in the comments and maybe I'll do a video just showing you the different Funko Pops that I've collected so far. It's not a big collection. Don't expect, you know, like 150 different ones. I think I only have like maybe 18 or 19 of them and that's what I have. So, but I do like collecting Funko Pops, just the ones that I like. I'm not looking for like the ultra rare ones. I'm not like heavy into collecting Funko Pops, but I mean, that's that. So, um, anyways, uh, shifting a little bit away from that, let me just say to close that out Metro versus Visible, it was disappointing. I mean, visible on Visible 5G, I was getting 30, 30 on the downlink, about 15, 20 on the up. With Metro, there were times where I got 200 on the down, 60 on the up. There was times I got 150 down. There was times where I only got like 80 down. And the reason why I said that Metro was disappointing, even though it seems like it was faster than visible, is that the consistency of Metro was not there. And we're talking about the Las Vegas Strip. So, you know, um, there's places here in Phoenix where on Metro by T-Mobile's 5G, I'm pulling down five, 600 megabits on a down and then about 80 to 90 to 100 on the up. And that's in certain areas. And so I'm kind of still learning a lot about this stuff. So I will figure out why am I getting that there? And we'll we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, it does suck in Vegas. It does. It's not consistent. So there were certain areas where I was able to depend on it, certain areas that I couldn't. But I would say this, though. Metro, whether you get 200 on the down and 80 on the up, or you're only getting 50 down and 12 on the up, it doesn't work for live streaming. <laughs> it just doesn't. Uh it just doesn't at all. You live stream and it could be, it, your live stream could be pixelated. It can be fuzzy. So like when I did live stream, I was using the AT&T line with the iPhone and that picks up 5GE, which is just advanced LTE because uh, it's the iPhone 10s. So I would live stream with that. And I could say that AT&T is pretty consistent out there. Um, so, but I mean, of course the AT&T is a business elite that's uh, I'm using from Carlos. So, that's why it's not thrown in the mix to compare between two prepaid such as Metro and, and Visible. But Visible really, really disappointed me. I was expecting better out of Visible. Um, it, it just didn't. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Visible, but it just seems like that their network connectivity has gone downhill. Because even here here in Phoenix, it's getting, it's getting bad. 
Um, even just with just depending on LTE with visible is starting to get bad. Like I have visible back in my pixel four and it's just pfft, total wireless is much better than visible. Yeah. Carlos was like, now Carlos didn't meet up with me that night that I was there because, you know, he was a family. And I told him like, you know, he was hanging out with, you know, with his family. I'm just like, don't, don't dig out on your family just to hang out with me. You know what I mean? Like we only live five hours away from each other. He comes down this way every now and then he can come see me. Like I didn't have to go and, and, and bother him. Cause I like, I hit him up. Cause like my family was tired. They wanted to go to sleep and I was still up. So I was like, you know, Carlos is here. Let me go see what's up with him. Cause every time he comes here, to my city, he always comes to visit me. So I wanted to, you know, hang out with him for a little bit. So I asked him, I asked Carlos what he was doing. He was like, he's chilling with his, you know, his family. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, you know, my, my family was asleep. I was just seeing what's up, you know, because he wanted to, he wanted me to get on total wireless to experience it. And I'm like, okay. You know, he he gives up too much things. So I don't want to take anything from him. Um, but then when he was like, he was with his family, I'm like, oh, you know, stay with your family. Like, don't dig out on your family to come hang out with me. You know what I mean? There'll be other times that I come to Vegas. There'll be times where you come to my city. We can always catch up there. So, by the way, today's uh, beverage of choice is lemon tea. But um, yeah, let's catch up with this. Um, postpaid priority. It's only twenty bucks. One gigabyte gets unlimited capped. Hmm. Or one one gigabyte unlimited uncapped. Sorry. Um, so yeah, visible. It's greater than my Pixel Three and Metro on my OnePlus and Ten Five G is horrible network. It's T-Mobile. Yeah. Um, but I can see the degrade invisible here, because I I mean trust me, like I have nothing against visible, you know. But I'm a no bullshit type of guy either. And um, when I had Visible, when I started when I started the Visible account two years ago, when Visible approached me to test their network, so they set up an account for me. I've kept that line. Like I told them, I want to keep the line, so switch it off from from your guys's payment because it was funny when I logged into the Visible app when I first got Visible about almost two years ago. Um. Where it has the payment method, it showed American Express and it was American Express business account. <laughs> so I had to make sure that they took that off as a form of payment uh, and gave me the account and everything. So I've kept visible since and it's always been fairly good here. And now it's starting to degrade in what I'm getting as far as connectivity on LTE. Even my, um, my son, uh, has experienced that because uh, he has visible also. Um, and he's noticed a difference that he never, never needed to connect it to the home internet here to do things on, on his iPhone. He never had to. Now he does because he's, he's noticing the, 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 the grade in their network. And I don't know if it's because, you know, Verizon's doing network upgrades here in Phoenix and it's affecting visible because visible has a, you know, they're not on that same priority that, you know, Verizon postpaid Verizon prepaid, and other MVNOs such as Total Wireless um, are on. He's not on that, um, so that's could that could be the reason why we're experiencing this. I'm not entirely sure. I always try to confirm what's needed, in Carlos, because you know they they follow closely with uh, these carriers to know what specific business moves they're making that's affecting the network. So I'll probably like reach out to them later and try to find that out. Um, 
The problem is is now the problem is that now for 5G speeds, Verizon is focusing on short range bands. For now, the end the end goal result is for them to extend that, right? So I mean, yeah, millimeter wave, it doesn't project super long distance, but Verizon will have those pieces to the puzzles, you know, when when 5G is rolled out. Like see, that's the thing. 5G is still new. It is still in its in its infancy stages, and it is moving along at a rate the same rate that the LTE build out happened. Um, so I would expect 5G to be just about as consistent as LTE is back in 2014. I would expect that to come probably about 2023, 2024, to be like that. Um, AT&T deploying a slower 5G on low band, so the coverage area is long range. Yeah, that's the difference between you know sub six and, and and millimeter wave. And if you like, I said, if you think about it, the end game result for all these companies is the same thing. Verizon started with millimeter wave and is working on that. They're 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 focusing on a millimeter, you know, ultra wide band. There are also you know CBRS and C band. That's a thing that, you know, you got to like listen to Sneed when he talks about these things. He explains it and breaks it down so much better than what I ever would. Um, And that's just being honest. Um, But they are working on their low band as well. But they're focusing on the the fast speeds deployments. That's the thing that they're focusing on. And they'll get to the the low band towards the end, which will be a longer range coverage. Now, you look at T-Mobile. T-Mobile is focusing on low band. Um, which the speeds you're getting from that can be comparable to just basic, you know, advanced LTE uh, or sometimes less than that. But T-Mobile does have millimeter wave. Now, are they doing it right the same way that Verizon is is, is uh, doing it with their engineers? Who knows? Because I don't even know who T-Mobile um, hires to, you know, like who they hire to build their network. That's you got to ask Sneed. They know, but yeah. Um, I heard it's degrading in Texas too. Yeah, there's some people I know that live in Texas that have visible that have have told me that it's a uh, it's it's getting bad. The planet Earth mentioned it on a video. Yeah, I'm surprised the planet Earth. Um, he responded <laughs> he responded to uh, to one of my tweets where I, I did a speed test for uh for Metro and he was literally it was it was FT Mobile, <laughs> but uh, I was surprised that he even he even saw my tweet. Um, I know he's connected with Carlos them and everything like that. And a uh, shout out to planet earth. I mean, you know, his videos are dope. I like his videos. Uh, let's see. Fast 5g is not worth the crime. If you don't have the coverage to receive your service, Ugh. but see, this is not the end game result. I guess that's where I'm going with this, Michael, what you're seeing with millimeter wave. This is not the end game. This is not where it stops, you know? So, like here in Phoenix, they're getting access to millimeter wave, right? They're 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 building all these, you know, these these nodes on like the telephone poles in downtown Phoenix, like all over. You can see these new poles they brought in, and obviously it has the node inside, and you can connect. Um, you look in uh in in like in certain neighborhoods, they're actually putting like all these not not in not in front of every house, but like. You know, from one end of the block to the other end of the block, there'll be like tower nodes right there, like those little mini ones. And then in the middle of the sh- like in the middle of the block on the street, one like one of the, the sidewalk areas, they're putting like 
I hit my desk. They're putting a box there. And so what they're literally doing is they're making it to a point where it's going to be, you're, you're going to be able to like have a lot of it um, spread out throughout your city. So right now where it's at doesn't mean that's it. That's end game. So if like, what was it right now? How, how many markets does uh, Verizon have millimeter wave access in? The last I remember was 16 markets. It could be more now, but those are not the only places that's going to have it. That's not, they're not done. All right, you still got another couple of years build out. Like I said, these things are going to take time. But really, when it comes down to it, like the way that I perceive everything is, is that low band 5G is going to be like in rural areas. So in rural areas, we'll start seeing speeds like 100 megabits down, um, 200 megabits down, 60 up, which is decent. Uh, in really heavy populated, like dense populated areas, like like metro cities and stuff like that, you'll be seeing speeds of like four gigs per second down one gig up type of thing. Right. Which is a huge difference between 200 down 100 up. Okay. That that's, that's where I feel like that it will eventually be once 5g is considered the normality from coast to coast. Uh, yeah. You're great, Michael. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the OnePlus 9 Pro doesn't support Verizon and AT&T 5G. No, I didn't even know that. I don't follow much OnePlus news. I know Altered Tech does. Shout out to Altered Tech, by the way. Um, but yeah, he's the OnePlus guy. OnePlus didn't uh, didn't pay to get certified by... Oh, oh, wow. Even though it supports millimeter wave, mid-band and low-band 5G. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that kind of sucks, though, before OnePlus fans that were, like, banking on the OnePlus 9. That sucks for them. All right. But, um, yeah, switching tracks. So the last live stream I did, I talked about Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League. And I was I was honest with everybody. It's a four-hour freaking movie. I passed out in the middle of it, so I lost, I lost a lot of – the middle part of the movie. I really more talked about the end, the, uh, the, the, uh, the apocalypse future that, you know, was like heavy with uh, Jared Leto's Joker. I think Jared Leto did a good job with this Joker. Although he's not more than likely not going to be brought back to do the Joker. I think if they were to do a Batman movie with Ben Affleck as Batman, then I think Jared Leto would play a good part of the Joker. But I mean, there were a lot of things in the justice league movie that, you know, that Zack Snyder changed. Um, First of all, we got to see Superman in the black suit instead of the uh, the red and blue. And obviously that, you know, one of the big things about the black suit, what it paid homage to was when Superman uh, in the comics revived. And that suit, like it speeds up his healing factor because he absorbs, you know, like the solar the solar rays is, is what he uses to to repower himself or to heal himself. The suit speeds that process up for him. And so we got to see him in the black suit versus the red one. They also changed the dialogue between him and Steppenwolf. Um, so when you kind of look at the, at the differences between the 2017 justice league movie and Zack Snyder's cut, um, Superman doesn't have that, that dorky uh, retarded statement when he confronts Steppenwolf at the end. This time, Steppenwolf, right before he strikes Cyborg with his battle axe, uh, Superman just gets there in time to absorb the impact of the axe, which does nothing to him. And then he, like, he, he, you know, like 
you know, cools like he freezes the blade with his with his freeze breath and destroys Steppenwolf's axe. Um, a little bit more gorier. Obviously, Steppenwolf completely changed. Um, and this is something that I didn't notice until I actually watched it the second time and then I noticed Steppenwolf's armor changed completely from what they had in the 2017 version to now. So seeing that was like a huge change. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time with this because I talked, you know, I think most of the, the impact points were at the end of the Justice League movie because I don't know what they're going to do with the DCU. They're going to do anything, um, you know, grand. All I got to say is that the DCU needs to stop trying to be like Marvel. Stop trying to be like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and do your own thing and make these movies dope. Let's see. It's almost 10. Uh, I'll be leaving around 10.20. I have to go 10.30. Yeah, no, no. It's, it, it's cool, man. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. It's called life. <laughs> you got school at that time, then you got to be there on time. I don't expect people to stay and, and watch my live streams throughout the whole thing. I mean, you always come back and replay. Um, I'm thinking about doing like those little bullet points in the description that tells people when a certain topic starts. Because maybe not, not everything everyone's interested in, but if they want... Um, they can skip to it, or I can just download this entire live stream and chop it up and just upload them as videos for just those segments. I'm considering what I'm going to be doing, but um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, if you got to go, Michael, cool, man. And, you know, just and, and have a great day and enjoy school. Hopefully, you know, it's good. Um, but anyways, just to kind of like close out my thoughts on the Justice League, the Zack Snyder. First of all, I think Zack Snyder should have a real hand in it. I mean, the people that he chose to score the movie for the music, you know, um, I thought that was a good, that was a good fit. Um, I love the subtle changes that he's made. Like, you know, in the 2017 version at the end, when, um, when they're, when when they're trying to, when Steppenwolf is trying to unite the mother boxes together, um, the background, the sky was red in Zack Snyder's cut. He kind of made it like, you know, like bluish night, like like a midnight blue. I thought that fit better than having like this this fiery red sky. Um, the, just just from everything, you know, like the the subtle changes in it were 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 good. I'm you know, it's four hours long. It's long as hell, but I mean, um, you know, I still felt like that Zack Snyder's handle on it was great. I honestly, think that they should continue with Zack Snyder with you know doing more future justice league movies. And I also feel like that, you know, they really, um, they, they really outdone themselves with this. Yes. I, you know, I'd still agree with a lot of people who are like 70 million budget spent to extend the movie to something like this, you know? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are focused on, you know, the trailer for it. Um, Zack Snyder focused with Jared Leto when he showed that Jared Leto's Joker would be in, uh, in his cut of the movie. They, they they started with that that famous line that the other Joker said, like you know we're living in a society, you know um, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, his version, him playing the Joker, he's used that line in it. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker has used that line in it. So in the trailer, we heard Jared Leto say it, where he's like, "We are living in a society." But when you actually watch the the end of of the the Zack Snyder cut. Jared Leto does not say that in the actual movie. So people were kind of like scratching their heads. Like, why would you have him say it for a trailer, but not say it for the movie? 
Um, but, I mean, there, there, there's some things there too. Like we, you know, we find out that you know, um, Martian Manhunter has been around in uh, in Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, and in you know other various movies. Uh, Man of Steel, he was there. Uh, he's basically the I forgot what his ranking was. If he was a general, I know he was a military guy, but yeah, he's been there the entire time. And sometimes he even poses as, um, well, I don't know if sometimes, but I know in that movie he posed as um, as um, Martha Kent. He posed as Superman's mom and had a conversation with Lois Lane. And then when he left, he kind of like shifted from her to his actual physical form as Martian Manhunter. And then he morphed back to the general to hide in plain sight. But, you know, he knows the significance of Lois Lane. Lois is the key to Superman. Um, so, yeah, I would say just to close it out, you know, if you can if you can sit through a four hour movie, it is worth watching. So if it's past or trash, I'm going to say it's um, it's it's past. It's past. Um, it, it's something that you can geek out on. So, um, uh, it has been a third. Don't break. Lockdown in Italy, which has if it's going to have everywhere on high alert. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about the virus anymore. I really don't care about it anymore. I really don't. And it's not to say like that I'm downplaying it like every, like everyone else shouldn't care about it. Just for me personally, I don't care anymore because I'm always going to hear it on the news. You know, side note here, like look at all the, okay, look at the crap that they're saying. First, they're saying masks will work. Now they won't work. Then they will work. Double up on them to work. And then they're like, get the vac, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Everyone's running out to get vaccinated. Everyone's doing their thing about showing their little stuff. Like, I got vaccinated. And then they show their card. They got the first vaccination, which is Pfizer. And they got the second one, which is Moderna. And now Johnson & Johnson's got another vaccination out there. And some people are taking that one, too. Everyone's like, I'm getting vaccinated, yada, 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 yada. And then what did, what did they say on the news, Dr. Fauci? Even if you're vaccinated, even if everyone in the country got vaccinated, life will not go back to the way it was. We will still do six-feet social distancing. We'll still double up on masks. We will not allow you to have, you know, to, to group beyond six. Then, like, okay, like, if you're going to keep us separated, if you're going to keep us locked away, if you're going to keep us from doing, you know, going back to the way life was before, then fuck it. I've heard all I had to hear about the government. Thank you guys so much. Have a nice day because I really don't care anymore. Because all I know is that no matter what happens, they're going to continue to say, stay home, stay in your house, stay away from people. That's the main thing. Stay away, stay home, stay stay put. So I don't care. I really don't care anymore. You know, what? one thing I do know and one thing I will say is that there are a lot of people that are looking at the current president right now and are having buyer's remorse. I mean, hey, you know, we were, you know, those, those people who who didn't support the current current president were looked upon as kooks and crazies and nutcases and, you know, called every dirty name in the book. And we try to warn people like you're not getting what you think you're getting by getting this guy in office. I mean, come on now. The guy literally calls his vice president the president. Twice already he has referred to Harris as President Harris, not Vice President Harris. Does he not know? That he's the president. I mean, people ask these kind of questions. Do people make fun of him? And I mean, I can that that kind of spoils it when we're trying to drive that point. Like, hey, you know, you guys really notice that the current president kind of seems a bit out of it. Um, but yeah, some people buyer's remorse. 
People are like, where's the 15? And even then right now, right? Like, you know, they were talking about he signed the whole thing with the uh, the the tax credit being raised to 3,000 and 3,600 for children under the age of six. And people like jump for joy. Well, what the hell are you jumping for joy for? And then he goes on to say, well, they go on to say, well, you know, what he signed in as an executive order um, means that you will you will get, you know, partial of your payments uh, throughout 2021. So from July to December, you'll get half of it and you get the rest of the tax, the tax credit on, um, on, uh, your tax, your tax filing in 2022, when you file for 2021's tax returns. And here's the thing. A lot of people are going to get pissed. I know this much for this. Okay. Talking politics now. So if you don't like it, that's cool. If you drop off, that's fine. But here's where people are going to get pissed off because you have people that don't understand all these technical terminologies and where they're going with it. And the way that the executive order for the increase in the child tax credit, it's not put into plain, like plain context for people to understand. So a lot of people are going to expect a $3,000 per child tax credit, unless they're under the age of six, they'll get 3,600. They'll be expecting that in 2022 when they file the tax return, but they're also going to accept the, the partial payments start in July because it's free money to an extent. That's that's how they're looking at it. I'm not saying it is free money. I'm saying that's how they look at it. So they're going to get pissed when they realize that they're only getting 1500 per child when they file in 2022. And they're going to be like, I thought I was getting 3000 and then got to be reminded, you did get 3000 You accepted to start getting your payments in July. Therefore, half of it, which is $1,500, was broken up into six payments, which you got per child. And then the other half you're getting now, now that you're filing your tax return. There was news that Biden tripped on the stairs while while hoarding an air. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, everyone focuses on on that, and 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 I I get some people are concerned because maybe they're like, okay, you know, his motor skills is bad. Obviously, you know, his brain skills is bad. Sorry to say it, but his his brain is damaged. To me, it's like a damaged brain. I mean you know, you, you violate your own policies. And see, here's the thing that pisses me off. A lot of people go off and they're like, yeah, you know, the current president says this, you have to wear a mask. You have to do this. You have to do that. And people follow him like it's religious, but you, you, you force the current president to me trying to say that he's the best thing that we got. This is a man who violates his own policies. This is the man who forgets that he's the president and acknowledges his vice president as the president. But then again, it also makes sense too, because he's not the one dealing with foreign leaders. It's already been proven that he doesn't do calls with foreign leaders, just like he doesn't do a lot of press op for the American people. He tends to shun his, his own other people in front of him to handle his affairs while he sits in the back. We hardly hear from him. He's not that transparent. You don't see him on the news often talking about new things you just see replay clips from when he actually does do some sort of an interview but it's never long because then he'll start mumbling and get off track you know so i see why he refers to harris as president harris because literally she is taking the president role when dealing with world leaders and world business that's not good but i digress from that because i'm not really here to be political but i'm just saying um, when it comes to the government telling me what's going to happen with this whole virus thing, I don't give a shit because they're always going to say the same fucking thing that they say every time. 
and that stay away from each other, stay in your house, shut the fuck up. That is literally their message to everybody. doesn't matter. Even when Florida proved that by not doing the lockdowns, they were beneficial and doing a lot of good things, except for what recently happened in Miami Beach, but that's just because a bunch of idiots decided to act up. But they never closed their state down. They never forced you to stay in your house, and yet they're doing just fine. And a state such as California, who did the lockdowns, suffers. <laughs> suffers. So, yeah, I mean, come on now. That, that, that's, that, that's the method of it. Now, if you're a gun owner, now they want you to register your gun, and they want you to put insurance on your gun. See, here's the thing. They're doing a change, right? Everyone's heard about cancel culture. I mean, um, what's his name? Keystone Tech talked about um, cancel culture in one of his live streams. Very interesting that he talked about that. Um, but, you know, people are talking about social social justice warriors. They're talking about this, this whole change in everything, right? The standoff between Candace Owens and Cardi B. Um, you know, th- those people who are literally, you know, trying to shift things to 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 make everyone open to these things. And when when we say things such as like, you know, for me personally, I don't agree that, you know, um, a man who identifies himself as a woman should be allowed to compete in women's sports because that league is for biological women. I know that a, a man's body is built differently than a woman's body. And we're talking about muscle mass and all types of other things to, to, you know, to, to be on top of it. So just because I say I'm a woman doesn't, it, it's, it's still not fair for me to compete in women's football. If they had, if they had like, if they had a women's football league, it wouldn't be fair. Would it be fair at all for me to compete? Would it be fun? Yeah, it would be fun, but we're not talking about fun here. We're talking about a league specifically designed for women because women wanted to have their own league, just like the NBA. Then you have the WNBA. You have the Women's National Basketball Association, and you have the National Basketball Association. You know, wouldn't it be fair if Michael Jordan, you know, identified himself as as Michelle Jordan and came back to get another ring for Chicago? That's not cool. And personally, I wouldn't be okay with that. You know, but they want people to be accepting of that. And this is the thing about it. They're not, when people are like, you you say these things that they're going to dramatically do to us as American people, but I don't see it happening right away. Well, of course not, because you don't boil water and throw a frog inside of it because the frog is going to hit the boiling water and jump out. No, you put the frog in the water and then you slowly turn the water higher and higher and higher. You allow the frog to acclimate to the temperature of the water until you have that sucker full blast and it's boiling and he's not going to hop out because he's already been conditioned to it. So he's just going to sit there and boil to death. That's how you destroy people. You slowly introduce them into things. You make subtle changements, subtle changes that don't do a heavy impact, but it, it will lead to that impact that you've wanted. It may take time, but eventually everyone will start to agree. Like they're already wanting to push this thing of doing psychological evaluations in your home and for every member in your home. But why the fuck do we need a a psychological evaluation? Why? Why does someone have to come from the government, have to come to my house and do a psych eval on me, on my lady, on my kids? Why? What are they looking for? Are they looking for the people who are most likely to resist and, and rebel and they're going to try to pinpoint all of them so they can just eradicate them so they can have all these people who will just bend. See, that the problem isn't the people in, in office per se, but it is the people in office. It is this notion that they feel we got them on the fence. Let's make them depend on us. 
So like I'll point out the current welfare system here since we're on this subject. Fuck it. Let's talk about it. I'll point out the current welfare system, right? Now, people will be like, well, welfare is good. It helps me buy food because, you know, I have so much bills. I don't make enough money to still have leftover money to buy enough food for my kids to eat. Okay. But look what you got to give to get that. What do you got to give? I know because I've been on welfare. I know. I know what it's like. You got to tell them your first and last name. You got to tell them your social security number. You got to tell them where you live. You got to tell them how many cars you have. You got to tell them if you have family outside the country. You got to tell them if you own land outside the country. So let's say that you never lived outside of the United States, but you got a grandma in Italy. And in her death and in her will, on her deathbed, in her will, she left you 20 acres of land in Sicily that she owns. Well, you're getting welfare benefits. You have to disclose to them that you own that land. Do you know what their whole thing is? Sell your land to get money to buy food. As a matter of fact, if you want fast money, sell it to us. The U.S. government will buy your land on Sicily. And I'm not bullshitting anybody because I saw somebody, you know, one time when I went, uh, this was years ago, but we went, this guy, he was from Mexico. He was getting food stamps. He owned property in Mexico. And they discussed with him about how to sell his property to the U.S. government to get paid directly. <laughs> Did he sell? More than likely he sold. But that's what I'm saying. Like You have to give everything to the government just to get help with food. And yet the government wants to talk about unity and they care about the people. But you got to give every bit of yourself to them. They have to know everything about you. Literally, it's almost as if they got to know which position you like to have sex with. Uh, and, and and which hand you wipe your ass with and, and how many plies of, of, of toilet paper do you use? You know, they it's like they literally have to know that much about you just to say, okay, you qualify for our help to get you food. To get you food. I can understand if you're asking for a $50,000 grant, then yeah, they want to know everything about you because they want to know if you are responsible with money or irresponsible with money. Then I can see them talking about that and also asking you to sell your land to the U.S. government to get some of that money. I can see it then, but you're not asking for a $50,000 grant to bullshit with. You're not asking for $100,000 from the government. You're asking for enough money to buy food. You have to give that much of your information up. That doesn't compute. In my mind, that does not compute. You know, I like Biden. He listens to his White House staff and does not try to be a dictator. Who tried to be a dictator? Look, honestly, who tried to be a dictator? Because I'll tell you right now, if you're telling me that he's not trying to be a dictator, then why is he trying to tell everybody that they have to wear a mask? Okay, you can name me medical reasons why. Well, it's because of the virus. It's because you want to be protecting to other people. You want to be respectful to other people. Yeah, I get that. That's on you as a person. But why do I have to be called, like, you know, why do I have to be told to wear a mask? Okay. You know, you know, it's funny. And, you know, you can search it up for yourself, Michael. But you know all those things that, that, that you know, that they blame Trump for with, you know, the, the kids in cages and stuff like that? You realize that Biden's doing that right now, right? Like, literally, he's building more. Okay, the, the the things that they accuse Trump of doing, kids in cages, you know, for those that came across the border, Biden is doing it right now. Yes, he's still doing it. He was part of it when it first happened. They blamed it on Trump, 
everyone believes that because no one likes Trump. But okay, I get it. No one likes him. Hey, that's fine. There are lots of people who do like him. There's lots of people who don't like him. Totally. You don't have to like him. You don't have to like Trump. I'm not telling you you have to. But get the facts right. That's why I say like right now, a lot of people who did vote for Biden are coming out with their own personal stories of buyer's remorse because the things that they were that they were told what he was championing for to become president. It's not happening. Has he sat down with BLM? No, has not. They pitched the narrative to a lot of people that there was going to be some sort of uh, college um, college loan forgiveness to a certain amount. And what happened? What happened when that college student said that, that you know they're going to need more than ten thousand um, dollars? Is he planning on, on on doing anything about that? What was his response to that person? We're not going to do anything about that. Okay, so before you become president, you you make it apparent to everybody else that you're going to 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 fight to wipe college debt. You get you get you get you get into the office, and then all of a sudden your answer is no, we're not going to do that. You're still going to pay your college loan debts. <laughs> you know, um, of course there are a lot of people who are pissed off that you know with this last with this with this last executive order that he signed that fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage didn't become a factor. Exactly this point. I'll disagree with you on that, Michael. No. He wasn't trying to run our whole country by himself without listening to his staff. As a matter of fact, he listened to a lot of staff, like Kaylee McEnany, listened to her quite a bit. Vice uh, Vice President, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Pence. He listened to them. Well, if you're talking about that, he didn't listen to Fauci directly. He didn't listen to, um, first of all, who the hell is going to listen to Nancy Pelosi? I'm sorry, nutcase. Who's going to listen to to AOC? The woman who literally just told everybody that in her Green New Deal, she wanted to eradicate cows because they fart. Her and her Green New Deal believe that we can just ground all air traffic and we're going to build bridges. And then when people ask her, well, how are you going to get to Hawaii? We'll build a bridge to Hawaii. Really? That's your idea? Put a bridge across the ocean going towards Hawaii? Yeah, where are you going to set up gas stations for when people run out of gas on that one? You know. Oh, free housing. We're going to give everyone free housing. Everyone's going to live for free. But where and why? And where's the money going to come from? I still will always laugh at her whole thing. Oh, we'll just tax the tippy tops. The tippy tops, one percenters, we're going to tax them. When the tippy tops, one percenter, leave the country and denounce their citizenship, who becomes the tippy tops? The people underneath them. Okay, so when the billionaires go, now the millionaires are the tippy tops. But what happens if they take a cue from the billionaires and they decide, I'm giving up my American citizenship to be an Australian citizen? Then who is the tippy tops? Oh, the people that make six figures become the tippy tops. We're going to tax the fuck out of them to pay for everything else, right? But then the six-figure people take a cue from the millionaires and the billionaires, and they say, hey, fuck y'all, and they, they close up shop, and they go. Then who's the tippy tops? You. So the people that you were agreeing to tax is actually taxing yourself to pay for the shit. No, oh, good job. See, it's the same thing like the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage thing. Everyone's like, "Yeah, we need a living wage. We're we're living in a poverty wage." I get it. People need to pay their bills. I'm not against that. I am for that. But 
you are sadly mistaken that Walmart is going to pay you $15 an hour to cashier, to check out people's uh, items and total their, their pricing, take money, make change, give them a receipt and wish them a nice day. Have you noticed that Walmarts used to have all their lanes open? This was like back in 2005, 2004, because I used to work for Walmart. Then I was a cart pusher. And one of my ex-girlfriend was one of the cashiers. And they used to have all lanes open. Now look now look at today. That minimum wage has gone up. How many lanes are open at Walmart? Maybe like six or seven. And what has taken those places? Self-checkout. And the same could be experienced. Latrell is being very vocal on Twitter about it. He's he freaking hates that that McDonald's has self-checkout at Taco Bell has stuff check out. And this is what I'm trying to say. So you bring up $15 an hour. Um, try two lanes. There are some places where only one lane is open. But you, um, yeah, soon there will be no cashiers. Soon there will be no cashiers. That is the whole point. So even if current president signed an executive order to raise minimum wage effectively for all 50 states to be $15 an hour. Everyone's going to jump for joy. And who wouldn't? But then you're going to report to work. And you're going to be happy with that big smile on your face because you know you're going to get paid more. You were, you were getting paid $10.25 an hour. Now you're getting paid $15 bucks an hour. And what you don't know is upper management is talking to store manager, talking to assistant store manager, talking to department manager, and they're saying, Guys, look, this is what's happening. This is what's coming from the major CEOs. We got a downsize. So front-end department, you need to pick out your three or two best cashiers, and the other 10 of them, we're cutting them. They're getting axed. Pink slip. You're going away. Same at McDonald's. Same as everywhere else. The system is set up to fail. Wages go up. The cost of goods and services go up. And your current president you like supports that. Because, hey, like Latrell was telling me, like, you know, he'll protest to these big corporations. But who backs the big corporations? Well, of course, the government backs them. Why? Well, because former uh, former uh, board members become lobbyists. And so they make dirty deals with the government. Like, hey. You got this bill that you're trying to write and you're trying to get it passed in the house. And you know what? That bill, that bill can use some help from people that I know. But this is what I want you to add into the bill because this is what would help Walmart and Target out. Yeah, you're just going to add this line here and add this there in your bill. And you know what? And I will push to help you get it passed. Quid pro quo between big corporations and government and it happens all the time. If you never know what a lobbyist is, you now know what they are. You know, but do you like cashiers to work for $10 an hour and similar? I'd like for cashiers to have a job. This is where I will really debate you on coffee. I would rather have someone be able to say, I'm going to work, than someone saying, I'm going to work and get to work and then get told by their big corporations such as Walmart hey, we had to downsize and uh, we can only keep two cashiers since we are adding more self-checkout lanes. So here you go. Here's your pink slip. 
you're being let go. See, I'm not against people making money. I don't know why people have this perception that when you say the $15 an hour minimum wage is not good, everyone thinks that, oh, you just don't want people to have a job. You want them to make less money. No, I want people to work. What I don't want is for people to have to lose their job. And trust me, big corporations don't give a fuck about people. Okay? You can't go and say that big corporations care about us, so they're going to make sure we get paid 15 an hour and that we keep our jobs. And then go and say we want to tax the fuck out of them to pay for the shit that we want that we don't want to pay for. You can't call them good and bad in the same breath. Corporations don't give a fuck about people. They never do. What they care about is bringing in the money, bringing in the money. Now, what's the best way to not disperse that money back out? Having a job don't mean a shit if you can't live off of it. So what you're saying is, by all means, because this is this is going to happen, okay? Anyone can tell me otherwise. I'll tell you straight out. This is how it's going to happen because it's already happening here. So you're telling me that ha- having a job... Don't mean a shit if you can't live off of it. So it's good for them to raise the amount of what the minimum wage is all the way up to $15 uh, an hour. And then people lose those jobs. So now now they're they're jobless. They got to go and try and find something. Right? You're talking about them trying to go find something. You're talking about young kids today too because it'll affect them. Because there's kids who want to have an after-school job. They want to have a summer job. But if they only need two people because, you know, they're not wanting to pay out the labor costs, then what? Either way, it's a dead end stick because you're saying that, you know, getting paid $10.25 an hour, getting paid $11 an hour, that ain't shit. So why work? Well, because you're still making something. Okay. Now you're still making something. You bring it up. $15, you're talking about with business corporations, you're talking about labor costs, which they're going to try to keep down. All right. Anyone can challenge me. Don't challenge me. Challenge your job. If you have a job, talk to your manager and ask them, how does it, how does it work for labor costs? What is the end goal that our company wants when it comes to labor costs? And you will be shocked at what they do. Why is it that it's okay today for one person to be able to assume the day-to-day duties of five employees? And somebody can't sit here and say that I'm full of shit on it because my fiance goes through it. She works at a store for Arizona State University. She works for a company called Airmark. She works for that company. They literally had her run the entire store by herself. What would take, all right, Michael, take it easy. Have a great day at school, bro. Um, they literally take what would be a job for three and lay it all on her to do it. And they cut the rest of the people because they wanted to save on labor costs. And you're talking about at the time there was, there was things signed that was supposed to help supplement, um, payroll for businesses. Right. And I know Aramark got some of that money, just like other corporations got it. Uh, Because Aramark is not a small mom mom and pop shop. So they didn't have to go through the hoops and everything like that to try to get that that grant. So anyways, they still cut back on, on, on the labor. So my lady had to do inventory by herself. And they wanted, and like they told her two days before it was due, because they have to communicate with her when inventory is due. And for some reason, her stupid ass bosses always tell her two days before it's due. So she has to count 
every fucking item in that store by herself, by herself, and get it tallied into records and make sure that it's triple checked. A job that would take usually her and two other employees to do, she has to do by herself. At the same time, while trying to get that inventory done, she has to do the documentation for what the fuck is it called? Invoices. So all the orders that comes in, what she spent the company dollars on to get product in her store, to sell in her store, she's got to submit that paperwork. And she can't do the inventory until all the invoices are done and submitted in. Then she has to do the inventory. At the same time, when students from inside the dorms come into her store to buy stuff, she has to be there to, you know, of course, ring them up and check them out and sanitize the store every 20 minutes and stock the food that came in, undo the orders that come from Coca-Cola and various other vendors that she gets, and then also stock, you know, the the uh, the, the sushi that the sushi man makes. She has to do all that in eight hours. A work that would take three people. And trust me, big corporations don't give a shit about people because they're okay with just her doing that all by herself. You know what's funny that really pissed me off? They wrote her up. They wrote her up because she didn't have enough items in her store. The store didn't look like it had a lot of stuff in, especially when they gave her a $6,000 budget and told her, you can't spend over $6,000. So she kept everything under $6,000, which meant that a lot of things that she normally orders for the students to buy in the store, she couldn't order. You see, it's, it's, a, game, it's a game of fill up my store, but spend this much, like a little bit. And um, you know what? We'll hard labor you. So two of your cashiers, you have to you have to chop them. You have to send them home. They got to collect unemployment. We're furloughing them. And all the duties now are on you. And then they'll give her shit. They'll give her shit. And I'm witnessing this because she un- she unloads all her frustrations on me. I don't think that's right. Because one way or another, somebody suffers. That's the point that I'm getting to there. You can, you can champion for making a decent wage. But if you make what's considered a decent, a decent wage, then big corporations see that, hey, you're making more money. So, you know, this, this cup here that we used to sell for 99 cents, uh, we think you'll be able to afford it at $1.50. So we're going to inflate the prices of merchandise, products, and goods. Gas prices go up even higher. Because you can afford it now. You're making a decent wage. You can afford it. And then big corporations are like, well, we don't want to pay that out. So we can downsize. How did they prove it? Well, hey, if Airmark was like, we're going to downsize the cashiers and stuff that we have, they'd be like, well, can one person really do all this? They can, they can say, yeah, of course. Of course, one person can do it. We have this woman who is my woman. She's been running her store by herself, doing invoices, inventory, stocking, and basic labor work inside the shop for eight months by herself and has handled it just fine. And of course, my lady's a hard worker. She's not going to quit. She's not the type to bitch and quit. She's the type of making suggestions to try to change. So yes, These days, any job that you work is the job for three laid on your shoulders per person. They will put 
as much responsibilities on one person if it helps benefit to keep their labor costs at a certain amount. So they're not going over the labor costs. So they have some sort of profit that they can put in their pockets. Because what major corporation such as Walmart wants to give all their profits away? No, they don't. Where are the areas that they can make cuts in? We're talking about labor costs. How many employees you have? You have 21 cash registers. So you have 21 cashiers, but can three of them run it and you can just fire the rest? Of course you can. You're just putting more loads of stress on those three, but hey, why the fuck do you care? You want profit. So you fire the other ones and now you tell these two cashiers, you're my elite group of cashiers, the best of the best. So hang in there because we got you. Exactly. So what's the point then of capitalism to not make the, every, the everyday people alive? Well, the point of capitalism is you being able to capitalize on your ideas and products and make something out of it. That's the idea of capitalism. The problem with major corporations today is that they don't believe in the capitalist vision to that degree. Greed. Greed is what it is to major corporations. So while you can sit here and argue the point that it should be 15 an hour, somewhere it's got to give. But I'll tell you this much right now, major wealthy corporate owners, they're not going to budge. They're not going to back off and say, okay, we're going to take a major pay cut so you can make a decent wage. No, it's not. And it's not going to happen. It's a game of cat and mouse that runs circle and circle and circle all the time. You can spin it. You can you can put it into politics and say it's conservatism, it's 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 liberalist, it's this, it's that, it's left, it's right, it's whatever. It's it's just another it's just another cycle of bullshit that goes over and over and over again. Because the determining factor in all of this, and you don't have to be a politician and you don't have to be on the political side, but the determining factor to all this is just one word, and it's called greed. And that's that word that exists. And it doesn't matter what type of government you have, greed will always play the part in it. Because there's always somebody that wants. You you don't believe me on it. People have heard of like the one world government, right? <laughs> because there is people out there who want to run the whole fucking world. And if they can manipulate other governance to fall in line like good little soldiers, they can make that happen. No, I'm not saying that they are trying to make it happen. They might be. I don't dig too deep into those types of things. But I will say this. Greed is setting everybody. It's setting everybody. Sorry to say, even I'm a greedy person. Because if I had $20,000 right now, I had a choice of spending that on my family or spending it on a complete stranger, would I give half of that money away to a complete stranger? No, I'm going to spend it all on my family. What would people call me? Oh, you're a fucking greedy bastard. Well, of course. It's greed to everybody else because I don't want to spend it. That's how corporations look at it as, you guys want me to spend my money on you? You want me to give my money back to you? Like, yeah. The whole the whole hamster wheel cycle is, is to collect as much money in from the public and feed a little bit back out to the public enough for them to come back and spend it there again, but not enough for them to decide to walk away and have options. It's the whole point. So eventually you run out of gas doing that. Eventually. Uh, That's the way the company is. It's not fair, but large companies get away with that. They get away with it because government allows it. Where are you getting your vape juice after April 4th? Probably nowhere. I am wrong. <laughs> okay, we'll agree to disagree there. 
Corporations would make shit if there wasn't for workers. Um, but see, that's the thing. You'll always find workers. Okay, this is one of the things that like a lot of people got mad at Trump for, right? I personally thought it was a good thing where he brought jobs back to the United States. See, what happens when people bitched here years and years ago in the United States when they're like, we're not making a decent wage. And people thought, well, you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to stop working for them. If they don't have me building their number two pencils, who the fuck's going to do it? So what happened? Well, those companies were like, hey, guess what? We're outsourcing. Yeah, we're outsourcing. Number two, lead pencils aren't going to be made here in America anymore. Well, who's making them? China. Okay. So now you're you're, you're taking your, your job practices overseas. You're, you're going against uh, taxations that are being placed on it if you were taxed here versus being taxed from things being brought in. You're finding loopholes to import in, and you're doing cheap labor. And I'm wrong again for saying that. Bro, I live here in America. I see it. <laughs> see, the thing about it is, is that you and I have two different views. We come from two different countries. But one thing I will tell you is that you you hear what you hear about the United States from your end. You're not living here. And I'm sorry if I sound like an asshole, but I'll be direct. You're not living here to see it with your own eyes. Just like I can't tell you what your what your country does because I don't live there. You can tell me. Like, what if I was to say that you guys all ate Twinkies every day at 6.30 p.m.? Of course, you'll tell me I'm wrong, and then I'll tell you, no, you're wrong, because I saw on the news that people in your country eat Twinkies. But only you would know that fact because you live there. I live here. We see jobs shift and being given out to other countries to do. They outsource it. I work in a call center industry. I worked for Sprint. A lot of our customer service used to be here in the United States. What happened when people kind of got sick and tired of the pay for the type of shit that they took on the job? Because that's what literally happened. They looked at it. They're like, I get screamed at my people every day. I get yelled at for these billing errors. And you're only paying me this much. I'm not doing it. So what do they do? Well, the Philippines took it. They outsourced the, the, the customer care to the Philippines. They outsourced the customer care to India. They outsourced the customer care to freaking China. So what happened? There were now customer care here wasn't the thing. So what? So what did they do? They raised our wage. What do you mean they raised your wage? I'm talking about general things, not just the USA. I'm talking about the USA because that's where I live in. I'm not talking about the world. What other countries do is their business. I don't give a fuck what other countries do. That's their business. Whatever your political leaders do, that's for you guys. But what irks me is what happens here in the U.S. because it affects. And then it's always misleading. Our government here loves to fucking pull, pull the sheet from right under us, Coffee. They really do. They like to bullshit us with, I'm going to fight for you because you're Latino. or I'm going to fight for you because you're Asian and this. They play upon our weaknesses. And then the moment they get elected into the office, we're like, hey, uh, so what happened about you know, do, you know talking about doing these things for people? Here in the country, no, yeah, we're not talking about it. We get it done. We, we get it done to us all the time. <laughs> Going back to work now. Have a great day, too. All right, Jane, take it easy, man. I am wrong again. Wrong about what? You're making it sound like 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 every country lives on another planet. Like it's not all connected. No. I'm just not talking about the ethic business that connects countries together because I know they all have business dealings, right? 
We know the United States gets some of its oil from the Middle East. So there are deals done between those countries that affect the countries, both parties, right? If like the Middle East was to raise the, the amount of what it costs per barrel of oil affects our gas prices here in the United States. I know what you're saying. And I know from your point of view, you're going to have a point of view on that. But let me just be firm with this, okay? You and I come from two different countries. You and I come from two different backgrounds, okay? I'm going to stand for my people the same way that you're going to stand for yours. It sucks to have to say that because wouldn't we all get along? Wouldn't we all love to just be at peace with each other and not have to have these boundaries? But it's a tug of war. And I'm not going to sit there and say, yes, let, let my fellow citizens here in the United States suffer more so other countries can prosper and be better. It's a sucky thing to say, but there is there hasn't been a ground to ever lay it out to where all sides can feel good and be equal to that extent. There's always someone that is going to tow the cable and somebody that's going to make the person tow the cable. It's It's been that way. It is in our nature for one to dominate. It has always been like that. It sucks. It totally fucking blows, but that's how it is. Everything's made in China. I work I work at Amazon last month it was uh, Chinese New Year's and we are barely working due to no goods to be shipped. I think someone just likes to argue. Now coffee and I have had this relationship. We we've always been like this. He always gives like a point of view and I give a point of view. We've done this in in like chat whatever whatnot, but I'm not going to like, you know, look at it as in like, you know, he's being like a personal attack or whatever. He's just giving his point of view. I don't give a fuck about my people, just myself. And 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 ergo's the whole thing. <laughs> ergo's the whole thing. Do you see what I'm saying? There are people that are just out for themselves. There are people that are just out for the people. But what I'm saying is, is that if my country stands to gain, I stand with it to a degree. Because obviously I live here. I don't want to live, you know, nobody wants to live in poverty. Nobody wants to live beneath somebody else. But it's just that's just the way that the world is working right now. Can everyone just shut the hell up and just like do their own thing, take care of their own people? Hell no. Okay. You want China that wants that basically wants everything here. They obviously have. They obviously go for it. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to be part of China and, and the CDC over there and their practices. Hell no. Now I'm not trying to like, I don't want to make anyone feel bad and make them feel like that that they're not worth ending because all humans are are worth a lot. And I'm not talking about value like, you know, money. I'm talking about you as a person. But it's really hard. And this is why I say like politics really don't fit well to have conversations with because people tend to get very emotional about it. I I, I know that, which is why I kind of like tread lightly on the subject. Um, but to be real with everybody, we all we all are affected by these things. We all go through these things. We all deal with these things, you know. And one person's walk of life is not exactly the same as the other person's. But the same way, like if someone was to tell somebody else to bend so they can do better, I mean that that's really what's being asked. Is like, hey, life sucks for me. Can you just stop, like, give up your wealth so I can be happy? Who's gonna do that? Because greed is the one word that just tends to be not just in the U.S. society, but in all societies. Greed hits. A person gets a little bit of money. What happens? What happens when they get a little bit of money? 
What do they do? We started a Fortune 500 company. What happens? Sure, you may start on a humble beginning, but later on down, little by little, especially with the people who tend to surround you, you tend to, to get to this, this point in your life where you're surrounded by a lot of sharks who kind of feed you all kind of information, and you eventually become a shark yourself when the greed hits. Would it make the world work if every wealthy person, I'm not talking about just an American person, but every wealthy person, a wealthy person in Italy, a wealthy person in Japan, a wealthy person in China, a wealthy person in Thailand, if every wealthy person was just to just put their money in a pile and then send it equally amongst how many humans are living on earth. Some people say that that would be a good thing. Would it though? But at the end of the day here, 15 an hour, sure, it'll help. But I'll tell you, major corporations here are not going to keep everyone that they have if they have to pay out $15 per hour at 80 hours a week. Some people even work 90 hours a week. They're not going to do it. And that's literally the reason why like McDonald's, Taco Bell, and all these other places are getting the self-checkouts. Every grocery store that I know here in Phoenix has self-checkout. And self-checkout is ran all day. And the regular checkout lanes are closed most of the day. Walmart's here in Phoenix. Three lanes, three regular lanes open. Everything is self-checkout. You know, um, Fry's uh, Food and Drug Store. Self-checkout. You go to restaurants, Taco Bell, self-checkout. You know what we have here too? At some of our restaurants like Chili's, self-order and self-checkout. <laughs> they got that little box thing that sits on the table and the QR code, you scan it. But now you can also order from it to your table and they'll, and then someone brings it to your table. And then when you're ready to, to check out and, and leave, you pay through that little that little vendor kiosk thing and you're done. Why did they do that? So instead of having like, you know, 10 waiters and waitresses, they've cut it down to three. And all these three people got to do is walk the entire floor and make sure everybody's cups of drinks are refilled. They're cutting back on the waitressing job. They're cutting back on the cashiering. They're cutting back on the fast food industry. They're cutting back. Why? Because they don't want to pay the labor costs. I'm sorry. That's, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just spelling out how it's being done. You don't like it. You hate it. Because that's the part that I'm emphasizing on. It's not about, and again, I keep saying it. This is how I know that some people aren't listening. I'm not against for people making a wage that is livable. I am not against that. But the practices that heavy corporations here will do, it will happen. Jobs will be cut. And that's what I don't like is that you're going to raise it to 15, but who the fuck is going to benefit from it when they're being kicked to the curb? Because how could you make a, a, a living wage if you don't have a job to go to? Say, heed my words closely. I am not against for people making a livable wage. I just know what these greedy ass corporations will do if it's set at that price because they're already doing it. And some places have minimum wage still at eight bucks an hour. 
Some places have it at $12 an hour. Some places have it at $10 an hour as a starting wage. And they're already implementing self-checkout and self-help systems. So this hasn't even been pushed to being 15. What up, my daily side? What's going on? That's why I see FI below only one person work there. And such. Yes. We're not even we're not even at $15 an hour minimum wage. However, they're already implementing self-checkout systems to put in place. And like I said, it's it's the the frog in the hot water effect. You throw a frog in boiling hot water, he jumps out. You put him in cold water and slowly turn it up. He acclimates to the to the temperature of the water until it's full blast boiling and he doesn't know he's being boiled alive. And boom, he's dead. So at a place that you get paid $10.25 an hour, they have like two or three self-checkout machines to just make your job easier is what they say. Take the load off of you so you're not overworked. (laughs) That's crazy. The minimum wage here is $7.50 an hour and they still have mostly self-checkout. Yeah. It's going everywhere. They're getting everybody. So there's more evidence. No, okay. Okay. I could use a self-order, though, here at McDonald's. Uh, The last five times I was there, they messed up the order four times. Okay. So you're like, you can use a, you know, you use a self-order machine to take your order. So you just... (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. So you want people to make a livable wage but you would rather use a self machine so that person doesn't have a job to make the livable wage. Do you see the irony in that? I'm just curious, you know, if, if you if you see the irony, because I don't understand that. That's where that's where I think we we kind of get lost in each other's uh, um, thought process. See, I want people to make fifteen an hour. I just don't want them to lose their job so they can make the $15 an hour. You're okay. You said here you would rather use a self-checkout machine because it won't mess your order up. So does that mean that you're okay with... Uh... No, I know it really happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that. Um, but, you know, because you, like you said, the, 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 the self-order machine would have alleviated the stress of having them fuck up your order. So, but then that means that the, the, there won't be people working there. To make that wage, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm taking your thing and I'm bringing it here to the U.S. and I'm thinking about it here. So more people using self-checkout means no people working the front end. So that's like easily, um, you take the three different shifts that they would be working. It's easily nine people put out of work. Three, six, nine. The morning shift, three cash registers at McDonald's. The uh, lunch rush, three people come in and work that. And then the night crew. Three people. That's nine people put out of work. Do you see what I mean? Because I mean, what was what was the whole thing? Nine people put out of work. Why? Because we have five self-ordering machines here that can do it. You touch the screen. You touch what you want. You minus the pickles. Minus the mayonnaise if you don't like it. You do what you gotta do to make your burger or chicken sandwich. And you submit your order. You grab the little number thing that's on the side of it, and you. Put the number that it is, if you're number 56, and you take that and you go and you sit down at a table and you put the number where they can see it and someone walks your order out to you. I mean, and by the way, 
they can still mess your order up because <laughs> they don't have robots building the burgers yet. So they're still human people building the burgers and they can read no pickles and they still can put pickles in. So, but I mean, uh, it was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm saying, but there's some people who actually think that way. They're like, I would rather use self-checkout because people mess up. People mess up. Yes. Humans make errors because we're humans. We're not robots. Of course we do. But I don't want people to lose their jobs. That's where I stand on it. I'm not against 15 an hour. I'm against the loss of work. And the people in power is major corporations, the same ones who try to shut down mom and pop shops. They don't want you to buy, you know, your cotton t-shirts from a mom and pop shop. That's, you know, a self-owned business. They want you to buy it from Walmart. And they do that because lobbyists from Walmart will bridge the gap between our government and our corporate leaders and say, you do this for us, we'll do this for you. You do this for us, we'll do this for you. And what is one of the biggest things that the lobbyists asked for from major government? Well, to put these things in your bills that's going to go be voted on and then make sure it makes its way all the way up to the president to be signed in. And those things that they incorporate on the bill could be the very death of, of, of a, a basic mom and pop shop. You know, I just want someone smarter to work. I can see it now. It's like, um, we're hiring for, for cashiers at McDonald's. Yeah, we won't take anyone that has less than a master's degree <laughs> just to make sure you're smart enough. I'm kidding now too. I'm joking around being playful because I think people need to laugh before people get, you know, all stressed out. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, it is, it is, it is what it is on that. I mean, I, that is the reality that we live in here in the U.S. You know, one day I would love for you to go over the reality of what you live in in your country, as far as like your government decisions and things that. And it'd be cool to know the things that, uh, like what our government does that impacts your country. You know, because I mean, if you were to ask me now, do I know what we do here that impacts you guys? I couldn't really tell you specifically because I don't know. I don't live there. You know, if I lived there, would I be championing for you guys? Of course, because it's impacting me as a person. Again, all these things lead back to us as individuals, how we're being affected by it. The problem with our country here is that we have a lot of uh, people in office who manipulate to get what they want. And that that that's that's some of the biggest crap that we deal with. No, <laughs> gosh, when you guys in that one, no trick rules. I know what you guys say it. Um, hang on, let me get to these comments here. 15 an hour equals products costing more than you're right back. Where, yeah, exactly. Inflation. Of course, because they gotta, of course, they gotta make, they gotta charge more for the product so the company makes some sort of profit that they're comfortable with, you know, because the CEO of Walmart, he can't take a pay cut because if he takes a pay cut, he won't be able to afford that, you know, $10,000, you know, soft gold toilet that he's been wanting all his life. It's always the rich versus the poor. It will always be that. That is the oldest battle. What USA does impacts the whole world. Sadly. I, I know that of course it does. And there's sometimes those impacts are good. A lot of times they're not good. I know that. And I know that from, from other people's point of views because I chat with a lot of people that live around the world and they, 
they express why why some of these countries dislike the United States because of what it does to them. And it personally affects them. And I understand that. You know, a lot of that wouldn't have to happen, too, if we didn't have to send labor jobs across to other countries to do because we have greedy leaders who just, who just want money. And trust me, we do. We do. We have people in our own government system who takes donations from people who support them. Like, you know, I could run for for uh, a Congress seat and people could support me and say, hey, I like what you talk about and, and, and I want to see you, you know, win a seat. So because I like you and your, you know, your ideas and your thought process, um, I have a check for $10,000 to help support your campaign. You know what some people do in that position and, and, you know, within our government coffee, they get that money and it gets put into an account. And rather than that go towards them campaigning to get that seat, what they do is they, they wire it to a family member, you know, like Maxine Waters who, you know, wired over a million dollars to her daughter, over a million bucks for what? Her daughter wasn't even working on her campaign. <laughs> this is over. This is over the years that she's been in office. Gave a million dollars to her daughter. Why? Just to have. <laughs> Shouldn't even be for that. And and it came from money that 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 people donated because they supported her. They wanted her to keep her spot in Congress to help her campaign out. Well, your daughter getting a mil, you know. You know, wire transfers that equal to the amount of a million dollars doesn't really help your campaign. That should be a personal thing. By the way, what's this LG Mobile dead? Oh, well, LG has decided they're not building phones anymore. No more phones. They're only going to focus on TVs, washing machines, and um, washer dryers. I mean, they'll still build those types of things. But uh, if you're expecting another LG V series and LG G series and LG Chicken Wing and LG Velvet series, LG Optimus, you know, um, LG Volt or LG X Charge or whatever other series they have, don't expect them anymore. LG is literally thrown in the towel. They're no longer going to compete against Samsung and Motorola and all these other companies because they're not making phones anymore. Sad to say it. The only reason I care about politics is because I hate them. It's <laughs> um, safe to say that, you know, you can't trust any politician. <laughs> I don't trust Republicans. I don't trust conservatives. I don't trust liberals. I don't trust, you know, uh, uh, Democrats. I don't trust progressive Democrats. I don't trust left-leaning. <laughs> I don't trust right-leaning because they all have their personal agendas. Oh, wow, that's huge news. But yeah, I don't think I saw anyone with an LG phone. LG just hasn't really been that relevant in a long time. They really just haven't. I mean, when was the last time you seen um the LG G, the LG G series? The last time I heard of the LG G series was the G8 with the, uh, it'll read your veins to unlock your phone and you can do this motion to adjust, you know, um, higher or lower the volume on things or interact with it in that way that you would just twist something. You had, uh, you had one LG KP500. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, LG's out the dark with that. So um, before I close this off, because it is a two-hour live stream today, um, so yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong is right, right around the corner, and I'm ready to actually see that movie. Really, 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 
really. So you guys can be expecting a live stream next week sometime talking about the movie after watching it. Um, again, oh, wait, before I close it out, um, Max Lee. How many of you guys follow him on Twitter? Because um, the other day when I was in Vegas, Max Lee posted a series of videos. They're not there anymore. Okay. Oh, someone's calling the other phone. That's way over there. Hang on one sec. Gotta mute this. I do that for YouTube. Dings me for that <laughs> for the ringtone. But anyways. Um, Max Lee and what he's dealing with with YouTube. For those people who probably caught it, y'all probably caught what he said. He was really, really pissed off on YouTube. I understand why. And um, he put a series of videos, and it kind of sucked to hear what he had to say on the matter because uh, one of his last statements was that he's considering, or he said he was going to do it. He was going to delete every video he has on his YouTube channel because he does not want YouTube making money off his videos. And he is done with YouTube. And it's really sad to hear that because I have made it mentioned before that Max is a pillar in the tech community. He is a pillar in the tech community. You know, I have nothing but respect for the guy. He's been doing it for so many years. And, um, you know, in, in, in what he said in his videos, by right, he has a reason to kind of be pissed off. I mean, all the changes that YouTube has done relying on an algorithm to push people's stuff, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it's like, eh, it's kind of unfair. I mean, I can relate to where he's coming from on things because, you know, he used to talk a lot about rooting Android phones and flashing custom ROMs and then talking about Android and, you know, his dislike for iPhones. And then, you know, he tried different things, you know, like um, the reason I found his channel actually was because I was hungry for a Korean dish called Bibibop uh, which is mixed rice. You mix it with like meat and sauce and, you know, e you know, eggs and whatever. You just mix it all together, right? It comes in a bowl, all the ingredients separated, and your whole thing is to mix it. And it's really good. It's delicious. If you've never had bibimbap, try it. If you go to a Korean restaurant and they have it on the menu, try it. It's really good. Um, but he was showing people how to make that at home. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. So he's like a you know, he's like a cooking YouTube channel. So I clicked on his channel to see all his videos. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So he's like into the thing that I like. He 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 talks about rooting and installing custom ROMs for Android phones and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. So I subscribed to him. And um, man, that was way back in like uh, 2011. Uh, Trump's making his own media platform. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing people talk about that talking about that so we'll probably get into that topic another time um but yeah you know it's it's really sad to see where where he's coming from or how he feels at this point right now because i feel the same way you know i i was doing videos about uh, custom roms on the galaxy s2 epic 4g touch and all those other ones hang on one sec
Okay, spam callers. Why couldn't it actually just be spam calling? Like actual spam. I like to eat spam. Some people think it's disgusting. Hey, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. But I like to eat it. Let me, let me silence that because they're going to keep calling at this time. I've noticed that too with Visible. A lot of spam calls are starting to come through now. But anyways, what is causing the interference? Just do that. But anyways, so like I like I said, I started a lot with uh with um tech videos, you know. But now that the 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 tech YouTube thing is so flooded. You got all these people who have been around for a while, like myself. You know, I've been on here since 2000. Well, this channel since 2011. I had like two other channels before that. I just did the dumb thing where like when people didn't like my videos, I just deleted the channel <laughs> instead of just, you know, you know, continuing on with it, whether they liked it or not, and just kept moving. And then finally with this channel, I just stuck with it and stayed with it no matter what. And it's at where it's at nowadays. Um, but it was always about tech. And a lot of people are now in this. So you have a lot of the old timers like Marquez Brown Lee. You have, you know, Max Lee. You have, um, what's his name? Flossie Carter. You have a lot of these big names that have been around for a long time and have amassed a great amount of people who follow them. You have me. I call ourselves the underdogs. Um, you know, we're like trying to get our own little space of YouTube. But now you have all these, you know, like young kids coming in and like, I can, you know, do YouTube and talk about tech. And, you know, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't come in here and do it. I'm just saying that the tech area is flooded see everybody wanted it to be a youtube sensation before so they were all doing skits and stuff like that comical skits you know actual serious like you know dramatic focal point skits um whatever people were into that people were trying to launch their music career with youtube because justin bieber did it and they were like really there so on the tech side of things there wasn't a lot of a lot of people here there were a lot of you know like we, we, were, we weren't a tiny community but we, we had a good amount of people in here, enough to where people can get different perspectives from different people. Um, now it's not like that's flooded, absolutely flooded. And so me personally, like, you know, like I said, I'm in YouTube retirement because I felt like that I have exhausted my line in the tech space. And now I just want to openly talk to people, talk about tech still talk about comic books, toys, movies, music, whatever, whatever I feel like in that day, but not just be rounded to one thing. So what has happened to my channel? Well, the algorithm has deemed me to not be good at all um, because I can't figure out what I'm about because some days I'll talk about tech. Some days it'll be about movies. Some days it'll be about a personal blog. Some days it'll be about, you know, toys. YouTube's algorithm thinks I'm a fool in this it, it hates me. Like the algorithm hates me. Cause it's like, yo, Tito, can you stick to one fucking thing so I can promote you? And I'm just like, I don't want to stick to just one thing anymore. What, what if, what if like a 15 year old kid who who's good at video editing decides to talk about tech and wants to talk about smartphones? Should he have to be held down just because I want to keep my little spot here? You know what I mean? Cause uh, again, it's really, really flooded. The tech space is flooded as hell. It's super flooded. My channel is good. I appreciate that. But the tech space is really flooded. So I, I want to give other people a chance to come in and showcase what they can do. Maybe they're more entertaining. Maybe they can do something for, you know, maybe they bring a whole different perspective that nobody has thought like. A, a thought process that nobody has ever considered into this that will change the game. 
it's not that much about content. It's about luck as well, too. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, you know, those things play a factor. But, you know, hearing Max break down the way that he did really, really, really made me feel like, you know, like there's another person out there who knows what I'm going through. See, I felt the same way for a time. I felt like just playing down my channel. I really did. And I was that frustrated, like, Jesus, you know, like, I just don't want to talk about mobile phones all the time. I want to talk about other things that I'm interested in because you know, obviously you'll hear how interested I am in it by the way that I'm expressing myself. And I just feel like that, like, nope, you started off with tech. You better finish it with tech. And I felt roped into just doing it if I wanted, you know, like my videos have not always received a thousand views per video, but some of my early, not in my earliest, but some of my videos where it was only really about tech, you'll notice I had like over 100 views, over 200 views, over 500 views, and that was fine, you know. Now, I'm lucky if I get close to 100. Some days, I get 70 views. Some days, I get, you know, 80 views. Some days, I'll get over 100 views. Some days, I only get 50 views, you know what I mean? And when you look at the analytics, for someone who has almost close to 11,200 subscribers because I keep sitting at that part because every time I get to 11,200, the next day, for some reason, like four subscribers are gone. But, you know, 11,200 with only 50 views, that's really bad analytics because, you know, you should be getting at least, at least 8% of what your subscriber count is in views. At least 10% is, is, is fine. You know what I mean? So like if I got 11,000, then um, then 110 views would, would be around that point. Um, I'm not even getting that. Not even getting that. I'm getting below that. So, And the reason why I worry about it is not for the money. I don't give a shit really about the AdSense. I've told people the money I make from AdSense is the money I give to my kids. But what I'm worried about is because of that new policy that, that YouTube implemented. If they find your channel to not be viable they can cancel you. They can just close your channel out. So all my work that I've done, that are videos still up for people to see if they have those phones and they want help from it. And all the live streaming that I've done with the different subjects that I talked about will all be wiped off existence because you have to be viable to be on YouTube. You have to be viable or they'll cut you. That's the reason why those people who are not even YouTube partners will have ads placed in their video, even though they can't, get the money from it. YouTube had already put down their policy. Like we're going to run out in your videos, but you can't make any of those. You can't make any of that money. You just can't. You have to become a partner. You have to get a thousand subscribers. You have to have 4,000 hours of watch time to be considered as a partner. And then you can, you know, start making money off AdSense. So yeah, that's what I'm worried about is for my channel to be wiped away. Because YouTube says I'm not viable. And because if YouTube was like, hey, you know what? You're not viable. So, um, yeah, we're going to end our partnership with you. I would be okay with that. I take that any day of the week. Because as long as I can still live stream and still do this, totally fine. You can you can stop paying me for, for the ads that you run on my videos. I don't care. What I don't want is to lose my channel completely. I made that very clear. So, you know, with that being said, um, I understand Max's position and where he's at. Really do. I understand that. I know he'll probably dislike me because he and I have 
different political point of views, and that's okay. Um, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully, you know, just because uh, he and I may see differently on certain things um, doesn't mean that he can't, you know, I can't be like, you know, an acquaintance or something like that. I can't say he and I can't be friends because I don't live where he lives and I don't, I don't ever interact with him on a personal level. It'd be really cool too, because he is one of my heroes here on YouTube. Um, but it's just sad to see it, it's the position that he's in. And I figured, you know what, like the community, if you guys don't want to lose his videos, help him out, reach out to him. You know what I mean? Um, I know he's doing different things now with his, his e-skateboards and everything like that because he's an entrepreneur. He he likes to be he likes to self to self-employ himself. He likes to make money on his own. He doesn't want to work for the company. He wants to build a damn company and make it work for him. He's that. He's in that realm. And um, his electric skateboards, those are great ideas. And maybe our community is not attracted to those types of things. But there are people out there who like electronic skateboards, booster boards or whatever they call them. And um, yeah, man, if we can just, you know, I don't know. I just don't want to see him go. I, I respect him. If he's like, hey, you know what? I saw your live stream and you said this. I want to leave YouTube no matter what. So shut up, bro. Fine, I'll shut up. You know, I'm not going to rally and, and force people to have to go and watch this stuff. But I just want the community to know that he's feeling a certain type of way. And we're about to lose someone who's been here for years. The guy that's literally taught people to root and customize their Android phones so they're not bound to bullshit limitations that carriers and, you know, and, and, and governments put on these things. You know, he showed people how to how to free their phones from the clutches of all this crap so you can do what you really wanted to do with Android. You know, what I mean, he's helped us out when we needed him, when we needed someone like him to show us how to root, you know, a Galaxy uh, S6 or S7. We needed someone to show us how to root, you know, um, a Pixel 1, Pixel 2. He was there when we needed that information. Why can't we be there for him when he's feeling stressed and, and stressed out? Because the algorithm sees his new videos and doesn't think it's viable, so it doesn't promote it. And so he's falling on the ranks on YouTube and um, he's not getting the view counts that he used to. And he's his whole business is suffering. High on Android is his business and it's suffering. I figured, you know what? I know where, I know how he feels. If I can help, I can help. And this is one of the ways that I know how that I can help. I watch all his videos, his Z skateboard videos, his Android videos, I watched them all. But like I said, he's one of my favorite YouTubers and he's like one of my YouTube heroes. He's one of the people. If you guys remember the live stream where I talked about the people who influenced me to do YouTube, Max Lee, Christopher Chavez, to name a few, those are the guys that, you know, I kind of look at and they inspired me to do this. Chris Chavez doesn't do YouTube anymore. The last time I, we ever seen him on a live stream was for Fandroid and then he left Fandroid. So now he's not even, he's not even making YouTube videos anymore talking about Android or iOS or any of that stuff, any of that sorts, you know, sucks. I asked him if he was ever going to come back and do it. He gave me the, you know, the cliche answer, who knows, maybe, <laughs> which means that I'm not telling you yes, because I don't want to do it right now, or <laughs> I don't know, but the saddest thing is, is just to see how this go down. You know, YouTube is not easy. It is hard as fuck. It really is. Everyone who thinks I'll just go on YouTube and become an internet sensation, you are sadly mistaken if you think you're coming on here and you're going to make it. Because just like Coffee said, 
Some of it is about luck. Sometimes someone puts up a video that just got lucky to become viral and launches them to a very successful career on YouTube. And other people that, that come in and grind hard, some of them make it on their own merit. Some of them link up with those established, which is called the plug, and then they make it that way. Some of them just fight for every inch and every step and every way. And they just, no matter what happens, they just keep going forward. Doesn't matter if everyone laughs at them. Doesn't matter if everyone says they're shit, they're crap or whatever. Don't matter. They just keep walking. That's that's my lane. I own that shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough world out there. It's a tough world when it comes to the YouTube thing. And it sucks to see somebody actually be that impacted by YouTube. So I would say, you know what? Maybe it's like some kind words, maybe to remind Max, you know, just how much the community appreciates everything that he's done and advocate for him to YouTube. Don't let the algorithm beat him. Shit, we can beat the algorithm if we all watch his videos. And I'm talking about like a lot of the people in the community. If we go and we check out his videos and we drop likes on his videos and we drop a comment to show engagement, activity, you know, people liking it, he'll get back to where he to where he was. And uh who knows? It would be nice to have Max like deeply in the conversation in the community with everybody. It would be cool to just be able to pick his brain and to know. Of course, he's not going to give all his secrets away that makes him successful, but it would be really nice to not even just fuck the technology and everything, push that to the side just to know him as a person. It'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. I mean, like one of the people I do want to meet is him. I would really like to meet him and just, you know, spend like an hour or two hour conversation, you know, over. Um, coffee, not soju, because you know, I don't want to get drunk. I don't think I can handle soju like he does, but um, just to hang out with him and just to talk, talk about life, talk about whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. But it'd be cool to meet him, just like it'd be cool for me to meet Sneed the same way. I want to meet Sneed before you know, whatever happens 10 years from now, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I want to meet Chris Chavez. He's in California, but I don't know. It's kind of hard, you know, to like say, hey, I think you're a cool person and you want to hang out with me? You know, it's kind of weird. That'd be like really weird. Just like Chris Perillo. Like, um, I would love to meet Chris Perillo one day and just, you know, talk Star Wars, uh, pick his brain about all this. And, you know, it'd be cool to meet those guys. So anyways, that's all that I have for you guys today. Really long podcast. Yeah, about two two hours and 20 minutes long. Wow, this is dope. Uh, thank you guys for those that came in and hung out with me. Um, and like, listen, let me let me say this about the, the whole political talk thing because some people just tend to get very sensitive. Let me say this to you guys. I am the type of person where I don't care what side of the political table you are on. It doesn't matter. And whether you agree with me or disagree with me, it's fine. You don't have to agree with, with what I see. That is what's called freedom for you to, to make up your own thoughts and to live by your own code. You do as you do, but I will never cancel somebody just because they thought differently from me. And I hope that you wouldn't cancel me just because I think differently from you. But if you must, because your feelings are hurt, I understand. All right. Take it easy, everybody. You guys be cool. Be blessed. I love you guys very much. Um, and I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until then, 
Peace.